Welcome back to the Architect Podcast. As always, I'm your host, a tall man who lives across the hall from a stand-up comedian, Jay. Joan, as always, is my co-host, his friend who hates the comedian and works for the post office, Z. How are we doing today, Z? Oh, not so bad. That's good. That one's kind of true. It, there's there's elements of truth mixed in there, like in any yeah. good lie. <laughs> like in any good lie. Well, Jack, I, I, you know, we got a bit of a another film this week, haven't we? Yes, we're in the... For the next next week after this and the week before, we're gonna do the classic combo, and by classic I mean just for this month of uh, movie then Andor. That's right, that which is. is always fun. We're in the the fucking midst of uh, award season here, right? So, oh yeah, they're putting out all kind of films, most of which we won't see, uh, but this God one we no. chose to uh, because uh, actors mostly. That's what got me. Effective YouTube marketing. That was a big element of it for me. So I kept seeing it. I was like, sure, I'll see that movie. Which is good. That's the kind of ads YouTube needs to give to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. The one you know, that... I've talked about, like, yeah, targeted ads kind of suck sometimes because they don't feel targeted at all. Yeah, they're just like random bullshit. They're like, maybe. It's like, I don't need makeup. You're not winning me over with this one, guys. Nothing against you, but I- I'm not going to buy any of your makeup. <laughs> but then I get this. And I'm like, it's a movie. And a movie, movie fucking ads are effective because it's just a trailer. And I'm like, if it looks good, I'll go see it. Probably, I, I see lots of movies. Obviously, so there's a, there actually I have the, the YouTube ads to put me off of it more because the YouTube ad that I kept seeing was like five seconds and it was of like Ray Fine saying something, but they clearly had overdubbed him with either someone else or him acting very like disinterested. So it was the most monotone like, and here we go or whatever it was. And then it was like, <laughs> the menu. Also, it's the menu we're talking about. Did we say that we're talking about the menu? <laughs> we didn't. I was buried in the lead. Nah. here it is. The, the here's the, the lead. I, I dug it up. Excellent. Uh, I was trying to find Mark Malloyd. Mark Mo. Ah, I have no fucking clue how you say that. Jesus. Every week with this, I can never read any of these people's names. Um, let's see. Are we familiar with any of his other work? He's known for Succession, Shameless, Entourage. I'm see familiar in the sense that I've heard of those things. Yeah, but I've not seen any of them. This is his first feature film since 2011. <laughs> he made an Ali G movie. So. <laughs> Oh yeah, I did. I did watch some uh, interview that said he did make that. Excellent. There we are. Looks like a lot of. Oh, he worked on Game of Thrones. He worked on Min- Minority Report, the TV show that didn't really go anywhere. I don't think. So clearly, lots of uh, lots of TV stuff. High profile. Yeah. But yeah, pretty high yeah. profile TV too. Yeah, very much so. Um, so this looks like it's kind of a something of a debut for him. Maybe not debut, but it's been a, a while. Debut. debut. Regardless, uh, the menu starring uh. Ray Fines and Anya Taylor Joy, among others. Gosh, she works a lot, huh? She ooh, prolific as all all get out. How huh? many movies have you seen her in this year? Isn't it uh, like three or four already? Um, she was in Amsterdam, which I saw right. this movie, The Northman. Uh, she was in The Northman, right? I think that's I think that's only three. I saw her in like two last year. I feel like I don't. Yeah, she was in Last Night in Soho. What was the other movie she was in? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it wasn't too. She's still pretty close together. I mean, less than a year. We've seen four movies with her in it. She's she's in Furiosa, which they've been working on for a million years. That oh, she wrapped filming. Okay, so that movie's coming out soon. Probably next year, I guess. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth in it. Oh my gosh, what a movie. Well, Jack, of those films, I think this. Having not seen one of them, mind you, <laughs> I think this is the best <laughs> movie she's been in so far this year that I've seen. So, do you agree? Uh, I would say it's tied pretty. I do like Last Night in Soho. I'd have to rewatch that. That's last year. Soho. That is last year. Oh, okay, okay. This year, I thought I was thinking like not calendar year, like running year. Like we haven't got to. Oh no, I'm sorry. We watched last night so in October. 
the fuck am I talking about? You're right. right. Of all the then films yes, we've seen in the last 12 months. Yes, <laughs> yes then yes, I, I agree. Much better than Amsterdam and better than The Northman. But I wanted to like The Northman. It's better. We wanted to, we wanted to like. Listen to the episode. We did. I, talk about. We, yeah, go back and listen. I mean, we know you listen to every single episode. Of course. Before you listen to the new one. And it gets longer and longer. But hey, that's the price you pay for being a fan. We appreciate you. Yeah, very much so. But uh, yeah. Uh, overall, pretty good. Uh, it's kind of actually very similar. I, f- I thought vibe-wise, eh, not strictly, but um, maybe genre more to Last Night in Soho, which you said it's kind of a horror thing, but it's a little bit lighter. It's not super graphic or anything necessarily. Yeah, right. It's more of like vibes and like mm. it can be a little bit campy. Yeah, but... yeah. I've seen. I I, I was reading um the Roger Eb- Ebert. Edgar? How the fuck do you say that guy's name? Edgar. Oh, it, yeah the the guy who the guy who did the Northern, right? No, Roger the the critic. Oh, I don't know the critic. Ebert, who is obviously dead, but his website still does reviews. Other his ghost, <laughs> other reviewers review on on his. I don't know what the. I assume they try to match his sort of style, and they have similar philosophies to him. I don't know how the fuck it works. Regardless, um, and they were saying like, yeah, it's got like almost some black comedy to it at times which i would agree with i was kind of chuckling most of this way through in like an absurd sort yeah. of way right uh mm-hmm. but yeah it's not it's not super scary i didn't find like no I, I, it's a little it's a little unsettling but that's about it yeah it wasn't like i wasn't freaking out i guess i should say i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know we don't watch much horror though do we neither of us i don't think so no i don't i don't know how much of a yeah baseline i have for that but it's too spooky for me i'll say it Oh yeah, was it? Were you shaking? No, no, no. horror movies oh, generally. generally. But that's so that's yeah. We don't really watch much horror, but then this this is in some kind of other class where it's like, eh. again, it's yeah. like suspenseful and there's like spooky ideas, but it's more it's more about that, like a thriller kind of. Yeah, it's kind of a th- which is kind of what we said with last night in Soho. I remember we we struggled to pin it down a bit of like, yeah, this isn't like keep you up at night scary necessarily, and there's not really jump scares. Mm-hmm. Especially not in this. There's like no jump scares to speak of. Uh, but I honestly kind of prefer that. I mean, maybe that's like the non-horror fans cop out of like, oh, it should be about th- scary ideas and not scary jumpy. But I don't know. I I enjoyed yeah. it a lot. Yeah, I'd say so. I would think that uh, I'm glad we decided to... Because um, I want to see this movie otherwise unless you like suggest that we see it. Because I saw a trailer for this movie, I think before Black Adam, I want to say. And I saw that in theaters and whoever made that trailer should be fired because it looked, kind of, it just looked like stupid. Not, not like it was goofy in a way that it was trying to be goofy, but like in a movie that's trying to be really serious, but can't do it. Like just doesn't have behind it. And I was like, what is this movie? What's happening? It seems I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I want to watch this. And then like finding out that it's supposed to be a comedy kind of changes your mindset. It's like, oh, okay, they're trying to be funny because I'll open myself up a little bit more. Um, which shows how usually I'm swayed. <laughs> stand for nothing on this i'm like oh okay i guess you're trying to be funny i guess i'll be i guess i'll go along with you and i ended up really enjoying it which you know i'm glad it was the opposite when i saw the movie amsterdam <laughs> that show looked great and then i saw it and i was like this movie sucks ass what the fuck <laughs> there you go yeah this is i don't know I, I, the more i think about it there's lots of similarities between this and last night so obviously anya Taylor joys in both of them as well um i also didn't look too much into it and if you recall i think i mentioned this in that too is like i wasn't even i didn't really realize last night in soho was like strictly horror themed going into it either um right i didn't watch such the material i mean i've talked about this before i i don't watch a lot of trailers and stuff as much anymore because i'm just like i'll just go see a movie 
what's what's the difference, right? That's yeah. how I felt about this one. I saw the trailers and I was like, I like those guys. So it's probably not tor- terrible. Honestly, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like truly awful with them in it. Well, actually, I'm sure I'm sure Ray Fiennes has worked long enough to have some stinkers in there. But regardless, I was yeah. like, I'm sure this will be pretty good. Um, and it wasn't until like we were talking about going to see it that I like saw that it was they called it a horror movie on uh, Google. Yeah, like Google Wikipedia or Google comedy. or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess it's supposed to be scary. I actually kind of thought maybe it was strict more like of a of a comedy. Almost, and again, there's lots of those elements, but yeah, the, I I would definitely agree. The trailers are kind of weird. <laughs> Wikipedia calls it a black comedy horror, so I think that's probably what I'd, yeah, I'll classify it there. Sure, yeah. So uh, let's probably get into the actual specifics. Sure. So the movie, the basic premise of the movie is that uh, Anya Taylor Joy is on like going to goes to this restaurant run by Ray Fiennes as like a date to this like foodie guy named Tyler, played by Nicholas Holt, guy who plays Beat. Nicholas Holtz who plays Beast in the X-Men Next Generation or First Generation? Whatever. Whatever it's called. The, the X-Men reboot movies. Yeah. Um, and they go there and then obviously everything is not what it seems. There's a bunch of other people there who are like rich and powerful and like have high status. And throughout the dinner, it's like, what's all this? It's really weird. And then it like takes a sinister turn. Yeah. That's basically the whole premise. It's yeah. one of those ones that's pretty easy to sum up, I suppose, digest. right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, it just kind of drops you there, and we're here, and we're doing it. Um, which is fun. It's good. I saw um, also in the Roger Ebert review, they were talking about how this kind of so I, apparently there's some movie that came out last month or something that's also similar, but it's kind of a similar premise almost to the movie we're going to see next week, which is uh, a surprise. Glass, you know, <laughs> sure, <laughs> but it's not. It's Glass Onion. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, the surprise. Ah, sorry. Um, but it's Glass Onion, <laughs> which. It's also like rich people on an island uh, getting and some someone's a murderer, maybe. Um, and it's got similar kind of vibes to that at times, for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's pretty easy to premise wise. And it's one of those things where we, yeah, details unravel as we go along. And we kind of backfill in some of the things of like, who are these characters and what is their actual relationship here? And why is, why is this like this? Um, but yeah, I don't, I'll say one of the things I would say about it is that it sort of lets down some of its. I don't know the the ending. I feel is a little bit. It's not terrible by any means. I don't think it totally like is is horrible and in yeah like ruins the whole movie necessarily. But I do think it's mm-hmm. it's a little bit maybe weak on like delivering on some of the ideas here. So basically, as as you said, right, um, all the other guests are like these privileged, um, very wealthy people because it's very expensive to eat at this restaurant, right? They said, did you catch in the beginning how much it's supposed to be? It's like one thousand two hundred fifty dollars. That's what I like thought he said. I thought maybe I was like, "Am I am I missing a zero kind of thing?" Like is that? But like that's not. It's not that much, is it? No. Like reasonably speaking, a lot of people could probably. Maybe it's supposed to be twelve thousand. That's what I was. That's kind of what I was like. Am I missing it? Because it's supposed to be that. I mean, okay. Let's. It's a lot of money, right? For a single meal, for yeah. sure, undoubtedly. But and like not to yeah not to be insensitive to anyone's situation or whatever because yes no reasonable person should spend twelve hundred dollars on a meal but also yeah the way this movie presents it as if it's like top of the tip of the tippity top but I mean also there's like that I don't know like top one percent you know that's it's not actually like billionaires necessarily either like mm-hmm. I don't know that's a whole thing but I did kind of have that thought I was like man. It, if you had a character like maybe the boyfriend is kind of presented as where he's like really into it. He's like this, this 
foodie kind of person. He's he's very into this culinary kind of stuff. If it was something that really was important to you, you could just save up that much over a course yeah. of time. Like it's not, or just like not spending on other things yeah, that you normally would. Yeah, it's, if you're like this is a once in a lifetime kind of thing. But I guess the it also touches on this. The idea is that that doesn't apply to most of the people in this movie. Um, yeah, and that they are quite frivolous with it, kind of thing. But yeah, as it on as it goes on, it starts to starts to be apparent that uh, this guy isn't just like this eccentric chef. Um, which I don't know. What's the deal with that? I don't know why that's such an archetype. I guess because it's real. But like, I don't know. What is it about the, the culinary world that attracts those kind of personalities? Um, maybe because, well, unless you get too deep, uh, it's like food is like comfort. And those people usually have like issues. <laughs> like they come from a bad place. They don't have the so comfort. Like, yeah. So they're like, it's like an obsession. Like, like she says in the movie, it's like an obsession. Like you're, you like want to give someone a good thing, but you want it so bad that you kind of go crazy. And they get into the philosophy of like food and and this yeah like culinary stuff and these these high profile chefs and all of that they they kind of touch on that to some level in this movie which is interesting mm. stuff I don't know I'm not a big I'm not super into that I'm not much of a chef myself and I don't I know a lot of people like like you know obsessively watch those uh, all the shows and stuff like Hell's Kitchen and whatnot the Gordon mm. Ramsay stuff I don't know I'm not really good at it but I've had some exposure to it with this and it also reminded me of that show The Bear. Yes. It also deals with like culinary stuff and things. I don't know what it is. I don't know. But anyways, it was really like he's not just like this obsessive, like um, domineering sort of chef, which again, it seems to be like the common thing of like yelling at everybody and demanding perfection kind of thing. But there's, there's something even more sinister as it sort of unravels, which is just basically that this is just, it's a, it's a, it's a murder dinner. <laughs> yeah. I've, I, when I watched an interview with Anya Taylor joy and, I really forgot the guy's name again, but the guy was Tyler. Nicholas Holt. Uh, Nicholas Holt. And they, like, the interview was, like, it's been described as, like, uh, squid game, but in a restaurant kind of thing. And they're like, yeah, that's kind of accurate. Which, maybe, like, I would say more of the reverse of squid game, but kind of the same yeah, sure. I- idea. Like, the same bones, I'd say, but not, like... It's not much of a game. Yeah, that, that kind of colored my perspective differently. I was like, oh, does somebody... I guess, well... Because basically in the movie, somebody does kind of win. Yeah, but no one's supposed to win. No one's supposed to win. Yeah, we should probably just say it's spoilers. I mean, that premise is basically as that's kind of the yeah all you can really deliver without starting to spoil what happens. So yeah, full full spoilers from here on. But <clears throat> yeah, basically, it's it's revealed that this is kind of a whole like I don't know. There's a couple things wrapped up in it, right? So there's like a class warfare sort of thing going on where he's like, actually, you guys all suck because you're rich. Right, and there's this dichotomy that is set up as we, the chefs and the cooks, and we are givers. Um, we we serve, and you people are all takers. You take, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I'm doing this because you guys are takers, and you deserve to be punished, right? Um, and they all come from like different backgrounds and stuff that would des- deserve this, quote unquote. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's kind of this is where I say it gets a little muddled to me. Is because it doesn't really strictly apply to all of them right it's it's i feel like it's the movie can't decide if it is this like class thing of like ah it's the haves and have nots right these people are the mm. you know the one percent fat cats and they deserve to be you know cut down to size kind of thing or if it's just like ray fines is just crazy and this is all his ego kind of thing um because yeah. some of the people are i would say more deserving of this than others <laughs> absolutely and i guess maybe that's kind of intentional maybe so as it goes on you're like well maybe they're not 
this isn't actually like because I don't know. I at points I was like, ah, he's getting the rich. He's eating the rich. I'm all right with that. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's feeding the rich to eat them or whatever. Oh, this is this is quite yeah, fun. Them up. I see. This is fun. Like get them, I guess. But it's not that simple, is it? No, I I think maybe that's sort of the idea is that like he he has the right idea, but he's just crazy. He's just crazy, right? They're all just fucking yeah, insane. Because who does this? Yeah. He's gone on too far. He's gone too far, frankly. Because once you once you move beyond, like, yeah, we're gonna get them. We're gonna we're gonna get back at the rich in some way for for this kind of thing, which you can sort of you know get on board with, right? But once you're like, yeah, we're gonna do it in this bizarre dinner scenario, like you're taking it too far, right? Like mm-hmm. if you were like, ah, oh, yeah, revolution, class warfare, but then but then you're at the meeting or whatever, and they're like, yeah, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna do the chef thing, and it's gonna be we're all gonna stick to the script, we're gonna give them food, and it's like, wait. Why are we doing all this? <laughs> what's, I just kill what's the show for? Right? Like, it makes it kind of weird. Uh, so I guess that's, yeah. it makes sense. Um, that, yeah, they're all just kind of fucking insane. And like, because, yeah, so so to break down some of the people, right? You've got like the three venture capitalist dude bros, like finance bros, who are just assholes. And you're kind of like, ah, fuck those guys. They're like, they're taking advantage of people with their money. And they talk about all the illegal shit they did. And you're like, yeah, screw them, right? Um, but then you have like John Leguizamo, who's basically playing himself um yeah and it's his crime is that <laughs> he made a bad movie um i guess it's deeper than that right he gives yeah ray fine gives some kind of ex- of like ah you're an artist who doesn't care about their art and you've kind of thing and you you made something without any care for it kind of deal and that offends him as an artist too so i guess there's that but largely it's like you made a movie i didn't like i went to see it on my day yeah. off and it wasn't even good <laughs> <laughs> So I'm gonna kill you, and it's like, oh, that doesn't—he doesn't feel on the same level as that guy. No, or or like his assistant, who's like, oh, that was a very funny moment when she's like, "Where'd you go to school?" He's like, "Brown." He goes, "Any student loans?" <laughs> He's like, "No." He goes, "You die too." Yeah, I got a good laugh. <laughs> like it was just like half had. Like I guess I'll kill you as well. Like yeah, like someone's gonna get out. It's almost like he didn't know, or so, like yeah, he didn't know him, but still. I, I maybe that I, I'm gonna assume he didn't. He knew exactly what her answer was gonna be. But yeah, it's kind of funny to imagine he's like, "Oh, maybe not." What are you? So oh no, you're no, you're going down too. <laughs> but even then, like the rich couple, like I guess they're rich and all. That's probably why. And he cheats on his wife, I guess. So get him. But also, like their crime yeah, is they didn't like his food enough. They didn't remember. They like overused it yeah something that like people strive to go for once in a lifetime they've done 11 times which makes sense i guess that he yeah he's like you people are so rich and yeah you don't even you take it all for granted at this point kind of thing but it's like i don't know and then the critic lady her thing is that she is a mean critic and clearly i guess the implication is that she's not just like trying to be honest she almost revels in the idea of like this power she has and this influence and it's it's a a lot of it comes back to ego right in this movie it's like Mm -hmm. they all have their own egos wrapped up in in various stuff and how that how that gets like deconstructed um but yeah so they all you're kind of like all right i guess most of them and then i something i really found interesting was with with tyler here the boyfriend character right um at first you you see like you think he's kind of He's one of the best of them, right? It seems. You're like, what's this guy's yeah. deal? And as it starts to unravel, at least for me, I was like, oh, this is, I don't know if I want this guy to get wrapped up in it. He seems like he's just into it kind of thing, right? And he's being a little weird mm-hmm. at times, but you're like, whatever, right? That's, you know, he doesn't seem so bad. Does he deserve this? Like, what? Because he does seem to be in that, the thing we were describing of like, he probably just saved up for this because he likes it so much, right? Yeah. I didn't get the sense at any point that he was, yeah, any kind of like bad, rich, you know taking advantage of people kind of guy um mm-hmm. but the sort of other shoe drops at some point and you realize maybe he's he is the worst of them <laughs> oh he's despicable he's like 
yeah, I was really happy when he gets embarrassed. Yeah, it's, like that was a very vindicating moment. I don't when the chef kind of turns it on him. It makes me wonder what he was initially supposed to represent, though. Right. So again, full spoilers, but it's it's revealed um, about halfway through or so that Anya Taylor Joy is uh, they're not really. A, a couple at all are not actually in a relationship she's just an escort that he hired to come with her because you can't come alone <laughs> and yeah um he had a girlfriend he had a date today he's gonna bring it was his girlfriend but they broke up so he didn't bring her right? and then throughout the whole movie there's a couple times where they're like the uh the staff are taking like very very strongly pointing that out that like oh you're not who's supposed to be here we have all these we have the names card and we have this and that and like you're, you're this isn't right and she's clearly very off put by this, and you're like, "Oh yeah, why are they being mm-hmm. so mean, right? Like it's weird. Why do they care so much, kind of thing?" Um, but as the whole the whole thing is revealed, and and you realize what's going on, it's like it seems as if Ray Fiennes is upset by this because he's like, "I don't necessarily want to just do it to anybody, right?" Um, yeah. And as he goes on throughout the whole thing, like it's all been meticulously planned, and there's, he had good reason, and all this. Um, whereas you are just you're you're an outlier here. You're not in the uh, you weren't in the plans, the plans. right? Yeah. Um, and it's also revealed, I mean, it, it, it it's mostly like incidental, but she also escorted for the, the rich dude, right? At one point. Mm-hmm. This guy's all, they got the, he's got a weird thing going on with his daughter who is dead or something, maybe. I don't know. It's not really expanded upon, but. Yeah, it's kind of stated. Uh, and it's revealed that Tyler was the only person who knew from the get go that he was signing up to die because he knew everyone was going to be killed. And so he initially was going to bring his girlfriend to be killed, which is, that's a whole thing. Again, it's not really expanded upon, but it's just a weird, like, oh, geez. Um, and so instead, he's brought this escort um, that he doesn't really know to just be fucking killed, which is real. Yeah. That's obviously really, uh, really messed up. Probably one of the most fucked things you can do. And especially the way he acts, it's just like, oh, man, that, why'd you tell her, man? She's supposed to know about that. And he, like, is very. I had Cavalier, but like, oh, geez, he's who ruined the surprise he's that Ray finds. He's pretty, no, I would say Cavalier because oh, Cavalier's the right word all the way throughout, right? And it, it obviously all kind of clicks at the at, at that payoff there, but he's not really phased by a lot of it, even when everyone else, because there's like an element where early on, the critic lady who's like experienced with this guy and knows his deal is like, oh, this is all part of the show. It's a big show he's putting on, right? Even when the, mm-hmm. the chef, uh, the, sous, the sous chef there kills himself as part of the, the one dish. And because he's like, oh, it's all part of the show, guys. Don't even worry about it. And she's like, yeah, guys, it's part of the show. This is what he does. And you're like, okay, I can understand. He's a, and this guy being a fan of his work or whatever, he wouldn't be. But then he, there's like a couple steps beyond that at one point where he's still not really reacting in a normal way. And you're like, mm, this is, what's this about? What's the, what's this guy's deal, yeah. right? Um, and it's clearly because he knew all along. That's that's why he was kind of unfazed by the various happenings is because he just knew that they were just going to be killed. And it's, yeah. And so... He says it's I'm impromptu, right? But then they they do a thing where they just embarrass him because he's like, "Oh, you think you're you think you're so smart, there? You big you big fan? You big foodie? Big, you, you like my work, do you? Cook for me. Why don't you make a dish? Do it, do it right now." And he's like, oh, "Okay." And he tries, and he obviously is no good. Both because I mean, I I would think he probably is an all right cook if he wanted to be, but it's like <laughs> under that uh, pressure, yeah. that's that's never gonna go well, is it? Um, yeah. And then Ray Fine tells him to hang himself, I guess, and he does. Yeah, I wish we got to hear a little bit of it. I know, right? I guess you got to like, like it's the, the thing would it be as good as what you imagine yeah, in your yeah, head kind of probably. thing? It's weird though, because so what I was kind of left wondering after this though is like, what was his initial plan for that guy? Where where does he fit into the whole thing, right? Maybe, maybe his plan, maybe he like 
was um because he's like so into the food but he doesn't actually know how to cook mm-hmm. it's like the the false like uh, importance of it he's like well i know all these techniques but you don't actually know how to do them like if i asked you to do the things that you say you know yeah you'll be able to do them and he's so into it that like Ray friends like well i can get this guy to do anything i'll just make him do whatever i want because he's like almost like a cult yeah like kind of thing like because they're all, all those chefs are kind of like the oh they have to him. be like, they all, they, i mean yeah, they, they all, all kill him themselves alongside him yeah. so yeah. they all live together like it's very that cult-like environment so because Rafe, i think he clearly responds very negatively to this idea that he's brought her here unknowingly and all right yeah because i guess on some level ray finds knows that's wrong and it's like well she doesn't deserve to really be here but i'm like well did his other girlfriend deserve to be here does he deserve to be like i get that he's done a shit thing now right and that's why mm-hmm. ray finds react so negatively because of that but i'm like well what if that was it what if he just did I don't know. Is it, is it the fact that I guess even if he had brought his other girlfriend, um, the fact that he knew and still came anyways is kind of despicable in and of itself. Maybe yeah. Yeah, he would bring anyone. But again, if the other, I mean, we just don't have enough information, I suppose. But I don't know. I wonder how they came to like be in contact with each other. I guess that's mm-hmm. part of it for me. Is like, how did he know? Kind of thing. Like, did he see Gray finds out and he was like, ah, this will be good. This guy who's a big fan of mine because it's just it feels like that's not that's not necessarily a again like deserving of death right no <laughs> like yeah, i'm, a, not I'm at all. a big fan of your work and even if he is like obsessive and kind of shitty about it, and like yeah there's an element of like oh all these fans they think they know because they they watch me do it and so they know the things but they don't have any but it's like what is that so bad like what is what's the what's the crime there you know yeah what's really the harm at play here so it's an interesting idea but i'm just like i don't know where he fits into it all and again, they all represent, I suppose, not just like, again, I, this is why I think it's a little bit iffy on the, some of the messages, but because it's all, it's also all about how like he's, he's lost his love for cooking and all this, right. And how they've kind of ruined mm-hmm. it for him. So I guess it, if nothing else, he represents that of like, he represents all these fans who like watches TV shows or whatever it is and think they know it and, and like they can criticize him kind of thing. And it's just, it's just another thing that's like chipped away at his love for this. And has made him come to resent it. Mm-hmm. Just like the rich people who come and don't actually like his, they don't actually care about his food. And just like the, the critics who just, you know, are unnecessarily cruel and like wield their, their power flagrantly kind of thing. Mm, yeah. It all just compounds to like, yeah, I hate this all and I'm going to kill everybody now. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, so I guess it just kind of keeps going. Some of the courses are less interesting than others. I would say. Yeah. Uh, for sure um i think the the tacos one was uh, a little weird to me because i felt like they didn't give him enough tortillas they just kind of gave him like three and there's like a good sized piece of chicken there and nothing else like, they just like here's chicken and a little bunch of squares and then tortilla roll tortillas to make a taco it's like well that's not a, really a taco white a, man ray fine he's supposed to cut it up with the scissors or yeah like you should rip it apart with your hands that but it's what, what, it was another interesting. One. Like the thing with his mom and everything. That's again. There's a couple of things that are just kind of like vaguely touched on in this movie. It's yeah. not much. Like, did his mom deserve to die because she was, I guess, a drunk or whatever? She was. Like, I guess I don't know where he finds. I mean, I guess again, the idea she's probably it's probably that none of them really deserve to die at all, and he's just crazy. Yeah. Um, but he just taking power into his own hands. But again, so this whole dynamic is that he realizes that Anya Tejo shouldn't be there. And he's like, especially once he learns that she's, she's an escort and all. And he's like, no, you're on our side. You're, you're one of the have nots kind of deal. Um, so you want to be on our team? And she's like, sure. Um, 
and so he sends her on this task and and his uh whatever she is the like host lady hostess lady um they have a fight and she kills her which is pretty full on oh, yeah. and uh while she's there she she goes into his house and like looks has this little room that he's in and seeing stuff about his all these pictures and stuff from his past these mementos and she tries to call a coast guard guy but it turns out that was all part of it and the coast guard guy wasn't real he was also oh, that was good. pretty i kind of saw that coming though. i was like there's no way this is how it ends right i thought they were gonna kill him oh that could be too yeah they could have just like you're like i was thinking the whole time like all right how is he gonna kill him yeah i guess you're it was one Maybe. of those two things yeah but i i didn't think he was gonna save them i didn't think dale was gonna come to their rescue necessarily. no 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 one named dale's ever come to anyone's <laughs> rescue um, sorry dale's of the world sorry no offense but i mean you know how you are i mean you know your name you know the lot in life you got come on um but so then at the kind of climax here is that he's like oh but then upon learning that he's betrayed her he's like oh yeah no clear you are like them you suck we're gonna kill you too and but then she she pulls her uh her trump card and she's like actually i don't like any of your food and he's like what you're offending me at the heart of the heart of it all he's still enough of a chef i guess to be like wait a minute but my food is good how dare you kind of thing I gotta cook you something. And she's like, "What if you made me a cheeseburger?" And then he has this moment where he's like, "Oh, all right." And he and he he cooks a cheeseburger for her, and he's he's like enjoying it's it. Good again. looking cheeseburger. It's a good looking cheeseburger, I must say. I I don't think he put any ketchup or mustard on it, though. I'd put ketchup or mustard on it. I think, especially because he's like, no, that's not because she's like, "Don't oh. don't go fucking crazy with this. I don't want your deconstructed. I'm I'm so smart. I know food so good." Kind of version of a cheeseburger. All right. Just make me a cheeseburger, and he's like, "I'll just make, I'll just make you a cheeseburger. You don't even worry about it. It's gonna taste cheap as hell." <laughs> he says, "It's like, he says he's gonna make it taste like the first cheeseburger you ever had, the one that's like cheap that you, your parents could barely afford, kind of thing." But he doesn't put ketchup and mustard on it, which I feel like are pretty essential for like a cheapo cheeseburger. But you're telling me you're gonna you can afford ketchup and mustard in this economy? It's <laughs> a good point. Privilege. That's a very good. You'd, point. you'd get killed by him for sure. Then yeah, you're probably right. He's gonna get my ass. Uh, but then he's like. He he enjoys it, right? Like that's yeah, the idea. It's back into it. He enjoys making this the burger, I think. Because it takes him back to simpler times. Simpler times, like in that photo in his room where he was like, he was a little f- employee of the month. Employee of the month. He was a little fry cook at a burger joint, um, which is interesting, I guess. And he's like, "All right, you've you've given me a little bit of joy. You've you've put the fun back in cooking for a moment." So, um, he lets her go. Basically, he lets Anya Sojoy leave, and no one else. Uh, yeah. And then they, I don't know. This is why I mean that ends kind of weird. Because I'm like, is that it? Is that does that really? Ju- Joe with the rest of this movie and then i thought it was weird that like the other patrons were just like oh yeah go save yourself on his hair joy like resign to their fate kind of thing i'm like that, that doesn't seem on yeah. brand for how these people have been acting all movie but sure i mean i guess she she mostly locks eyes with the one lady who maybe would be cooler about it but in joe you think mm-hmm. they'd be like, like hey what the hell hey, hey let me out please like, those finance bros there's no way right oh yeah um i did ha- i did find it funny how people did just keep eating throughout though <laughs> Like that, that I guess again, that's kind of a black comedy thing of it. Is that everyone's just like, well, I guess I'm just gonna keep eating the food though. <laughs> like, I mean, it's pretty good. We're food. here, <laughs> as well. Like they told me it was his birthday. Yeah, <laughs> they were like, "Told me it was my birthday." He's like, "Well, it was funny, like three hours ago." Even that's kind of no, yeah, right? A little bit funny. And he's like, "Well, thanks, guys." <laughs> <laughs> thanks. He never eats anything. I'm like, "Well, eat the cake, You're buddy. Not, come on, have a piece of the cake before you go. It's <laughs> probably a really good cake." <laughs> There was another thing that I thought was when he was like, yeah, you guys on a cell level want to be murdered because you guys kept eating. You, you didn't stop me. You could have stopped us. And I'm like, no, they fucking couldn't. You have you have like huge jacked armed guards at the doors. Yeah, that's it. like there's like, really hat tough. Two of them are elderly people. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. 
I knew Taylor Joy. God, God bless her. Good honor. Six foot five man's gonna stop yeah, her pretty easily. A, I she's think. kind of a tiny woman. Like, yeah, yeah, it is weird. It's it's kind of victim blaming there, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah. you guys could have got if you all teamed up at once. But it's like even then, there's probably more chefs than them. And the and as someone points out at one point, one of the finance pros of like, he's like, we should bust out and. He's like, they, they are better at using knives than we are. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no shit. They probably are. <laughs> like, they're probably. They know, like, anatomy of things. They can probably cut you in the right they spots. They get you real too. good. Like, yeah. So it's, it is, that was a weird detail. I must have, I, I agree. It, it really does feel like he's just kind of victim blaming them there. Like, <laughs> don't you think you guys could have escaped if you really wanted? No, they, I don't if think you they tried could've. harder. <laughs> this is kind of your fault, really. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, Ray finds you trap is on this island. Because we didn't, like, fight our way out and, and kill you all to escape because we didn't make ourselves murderers <laughs> but you know what are you gonna do again he's he's just crazy i think so you don't gotta worry yeah. too much about it i did like at the end how it's like they just became s'mores i thought that was kind of funny <laughs> but then he's like i hate s'mores they're the worst and i'm like oh, no right i know finds. me too i had that same reaction i was like oh no am i a fool for liking s'mores <laughs> am i part of the problem would he kill me he calls it like it's the commons man he, he calls it like the most offensive assault on the palate the human palate ever concocted or something and i'm like geez okay <laughs> i like a s'more like, buddy it's like chocolate it's chocolate and marshmallow who doesn't love that he's kind of right though he's like it's fake chocolate it's just fake sugary fucking nonsense marshmallow what even is a marshmallow right it's like well they grow in marshmallow gelatin trees, yeah it's like gelatin and sugar and shit it's weird like pig pig byproducts and then graham crackers which aren't really anything anymore it's just he calls them industrial strength or something it's like, yeah, yeah. it's kind of nonsense, isn't it? It's just a bunch of like bullshit we created and make it like, well, you got to eat this. It's all a bunch of things that don't exist naturally that you couldn't possibly couldn't make possibly unless you like make machines. If you fed them to, if you fed that to like a, I don't know, even like a 15th century peasant, I think he'd die immediately. <laughs> His stomach would rupture. So he would, oh, great heavens, my teeth have rotted away. Yeah. So I guess uh, there's something to that. He might take it a bit far. I mean, that's kind of the whole thing in the movie, though, isn't it? Takes yeah. all a bit far, a little bit far in some places. It, it was funny. It was interesting to hear the marshmallow describe or the the s'mores described as everything wrong with us, <laughs> as like a species. <laughs> but yeah, he just lets her go. She's like, "This is a good cheeseburger, Ray Fines. Can I take this to go?" And he's like, "Matter of fact, sure, <laughs> sure, fine." That was what that was the secret the whole time. You said all they had to do was ask for like a pizza. Hey, can I get like a, can I get like 10 chicken wings? And he was like, oh yeah, sure. Whatever, man. He wants to go. He's like, yeah, I can't finish all. All right, here you go. I was costing like 10 bucks. I was surprised he had uh, American cheese. Cause I feel like people love shit on American cheese, but even he was yeah. like, nah, it's the best cheese for cheeseburgers. I was like, thanks Ray Fiennes. <laughs> well, I, I think cause it's like the, his burger roots. Yeah, like he knew, he knew. So part of him was like, well, I got to keep it around. Good on him. Right. But why would he, did, did, did he buy like, a bunch of ingredients hoping Tyler would pick one. He's like, well, maybe he'll pick lamb chops. So I got to keep like that. Well, yeah, stock. Cause he said they have everything right, but they yeah. surely they have a pretty selective menu week to week. That's probably fairly similar. And then it's like, yeah, you're going to have, I mean, anything and everything to do what with. Yeah. You got to replace those periodically. They'll just go bad. Like, what do you just have, Those lunch are just rotten. That's why they were bad. It's like, yeah. maybe it's for them to eat. Like the chefs can just do whatever they want in between meals. They do that. What do they call like, it? Like family meal is when the chefs you make a meal for the whole the whole staff to eat. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I've only worked in a restaurant for two days. <laughs> did they feed you? Uh, yes. I got a pizza. Did you? Everyone split like I a pizza? No, no. The, the guy was like, "Here." The chef was like, "Jack, here's your pizza." 
you can eat it whenever you're ready. And I was like, all right, cool. Thanks, man. Does everyone get a pizza though? Or? Uh, I think an, I don't know. I think you can ask for something. Or you can like, <laughs> like, can I have this? And they make it. Maybe? Sweet. I don't know. Well, there you go. I forgot you're a, a restaurateur. I forgot you had that experience. Like, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. It, wasn't, it, wasn't, it was a, it was more of a dishwasher. I didn't really relate to this. I was the guy washing <laughs> the dishes. <laughs> well, I know, but I was, well, you serving the illusion, Jack. Pretend well, like you, it was a fun, like you were fine, Ray Fiennes. Right? Oh, I, I wish I was Ray Fiennes. I wish I was Voldemort. Yeah, right? Be great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That, that, that and yeah, it just kind of ends there. Like, obviously, yeah. It he gets a cheeseburger and leaves, and he kills them all with the s'mores. I don't know. Again, does that say a lot about our society, Jack? I think this movie is trying to say quite a bit about our society. I don't know if it gets there though. No, I did see in some of the reviews. I read some of the reviews before I went. That like, yeah, the movie's good. The ending eh, doesn't really stick it. I was like, huh. And then very much so. It's like, all right, I guess that's the end. Yeah, I think. Um, the, yeah, and that, again, in that same one I read, they said something out of fact of like the the build up is kind of more interesting than the payoff because you're like, where's this gonna go? And you're like, oh, it's kind of just is more of the same. And it's just kind of yeah. It's like, oh yeah, okay, he just burns them all. Interesting. Like, I didn't think it was it was quite the. Um, I thought it was an interesting like scene. It's the first time he takes her into the back. And he's like, who are you? What's your deal? is?" And she's like, oh, so if, if I, what, if like I answer correctly, do I get to live? And he's like, oh, no, we're all dying tonight. And I was like, oh, he just, he just came out and said it. All right, geez. Yeah, I liked that. I liked uh, when uh, they do the man's folly thing. Yeah. Uh, and they all the men are around. And she's like, oh, yeah, the dying thing was my pitch. I, I had that idea. And I was like, your friends didn't even think about it. So that means somebody was like, what if we all died? And he was like, actually, that's a great idea. What was his plan before that, right? Like, yeah, like, I don't, I'm not really sure, but yeah, I don't know. Like, what was that one? That, that's the one that kind of was like, what was the point of this? What was the idea here? Man's folly that they'll abandon women. Like, okay, interesting. Or that they like rely, like they need women. Yeah. It's like to separate them from them. But like, they didn't all come with dates. Right. Like only some of them did. Yeah, of course, because it's like, oh, it's kind of like, whoa, that uh, whatever the editor left the critic and right, yeah, the husband left the wife and the jungle like like Wasama left his assistant slash girlfriend character, right? But then the finance bros, like they were all there alone anyways. Of course they're gonna run. Yeah. <laughs> and then Nicholas Holt just stayed. I thought it was very funny when he's trying to see the meal. He's trying to see the course in the window. <laughs> yeah, see so they're eating. He's like, what he got, you guys yeah, he eat? came back. He's like, Wait, where were you guys eating? It's like, what the hell's wrong with you, man? Yeah, I did like when the guy was having the chicken coop and they go, he's the last one to be found. Here's an egg. I thought that was very funny. And they close it up for him again. Again, yeah. There, there really is some good good moments of comedy in here, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, it's it fun. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I, I don't really know how much it actually has to say at the end of the day. Like, I'm not, I'm still not quite sure what the, it seemed like it was building with something and then it just, yeah. I mean, he kills them all. Kind of. He kills himself and all his, so I don't know. Is that really a win? To be like, oh, we got, we showed them, us the servants showed the the people who take the the eaters, but we also die. I think he's like, I know he said he was part of the problem. Like, oh, my restaurant has like, it's like a, I gotta repent. Like in fire, I am purified or whatever. I think he says something to that effect. Like it's the great purifier. That makes sense. Or so he's like, oh yeah, like I've done terrible things. Like I've enabled all of you to do what you're doing. So in that we all must pay, and so I gotta but like get rid of all us. of the chefs too. Everyone under him. I don't know. It's tough, right? Yeah, even the bouncers. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, just those guys. And like he, yeah, he does that one where he's like, "I've allowed my my restaurant, you know, my food to get to the point where only you people can eat it, anyways. Like no one, yeah, no no one less could have could hope to afford it. So it's kind of on me as well, you mm-hmm. know. And it, it, I allowed myself to get bought up by this this 
uh, investment dude who had all the money, who he drowns. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I forgot he just drowns him. Just yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. Did he just have him on the island for fun? I don't know. Because uh, he he was just there. She sees the guy walking out with the wings, so they got him at some point. I don't know how he got. Yeah, yeah I don't know how they got him there. It's a, a good point when you think about it. Because they had to rig up those wires like in the water. But yeah, that's it. You know, that, that was an interesting kind of idea when he was like, well, this is my whole life. Like, this is everything I do. And no, this this cooking and this and food and this restaurant. And this guy owns it all. Like, I don't actually possess any of this. Uh, I don't know. That's interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Just an that's idea. All, I mean, that's like, with like, like any kind of music. Yeah, lots of art, like, I guess. Yeah, lots of artists could say that. I mean, that's the classic thing for the music companies. You'd, you'd think that no musician has ever listened to another musician. And they're like, hey, record labels will screw you. Every single one gets screwed. Every single one. It's it's incredible. You think they'd stop getting screwed at some point? But like, what choice do they have? It's get True. screwed or do nothing. I feel like in some cases, right? Yeah. Like yeah, it's how it's a deal with um, you know, like Taylor Swift. There, she's like the biggest artist in the world, and even she's like still has her her conflicts with these people. So still bows to them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how to end this. One. <laughs> well, just like the movie, we're kind of just gonna end. Yeah, I guess so. And set ourselves on fire. I'll say it's very, it's a very classic horror trope, isn't it? That like the one, the one white chick escapes kind of deal. Only every way, hey, only gets one. The one young, kind of innocent. Yeah. Also, it's often Anya Taylor Joy. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> they love almost killing her in a horror movie. She's in like, hey, she's the one who survives in the Northman. She she sure, escapes. Yeah, she survives in. I was thinking of like uh, the one where James McAvoy is split. Split. It's called. It's called Split. I, I got there. I couldn't remember. Like, did you? Did you say the movie? <laughs> yeah. Or you I was talking my way through it. It's the thing where he breaks apart. What's that? Oh called? gosh. Oh. He's got. He's got. He's got broke apart personalities. What do you call those? <laughs> yeah, that one. I don't know. She. They almost kill her in last night. So they love almost killing Anya Taylor Joy in a horror movie. Yeah, and, and she loves. It. I mean, they they, they do they, kill her at the end, but it's when she's no longer Anya Taylor Joy, isn't it? So. Yeah, she's. The other actress. Yeah. Does she die in the witch or the Vivitch? I don't know if she dies in the Vivitch. <laughs> I've not seen the Vivitch. Right now, I, we probably should, right? It's a good movie, I think. I've, I've heard. But it's spooky. I've heard it's spooky scary. Is it actually spooky scary? I've heard it's like yeah, but it, yeah, it's but I think it's like art house spooky scary. Yeah, right. Like, ooh, a, a goat looks at you weird and it's the yeah. devil, maybe. <laughs> like fucking those other movies I've not seen. So some summer, midsummer, that one. Midsummer. Midsommar, Hereditary. Hereditary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Precisely. The one, Parasite. Those are all kind of similar, I think. No, Parasite's a little different. Parasite's good. Is Parasite the Korean one? Yeah, yeah. No, no, Parasite's not spooky. It's more thrillery. I thought it was spooky. When I thought Parasite, I thought it was going to be like a literal parasite in people's brains. Oh, no. But it's well, not. I know. It's society. Well, I know that. that one's just a lot about society. I know that one is saying tons about society. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we could probably finish her up then. Good movie. All right. All right. So, like, let's rate this. Do you think chef people, like proper culinary people, saw this and was like, "Oh, these are interesting," or they like, "Oh, this is all just kind of surface"? Like, I wonder if this has actual real life chef stuff in here that that a proper person would appreciate. I always think that about movies. Whenever I watch a movie like this, it seems to delve into a topic like that that I'm not really knowledgeable about. I'm always like, "Did they really know their stuff here, or are they kind of bullshitting their way through it?" You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? What I just did? Yeah. No, I definitely get what you're saying. Like, if a chef would relate to like this kind of process, or is this what an outsider thinks this should look like? Yeah, a chef does. And again, it applies um, to a lot of movies. I had, I literally had one in yeah. my head earlier that I was thinking of, but I can't remember it now. But I, I just think that because it's like 
I feel like it's very rare that someone is actually an expert on this stuff and then writes a movie, right? Because the people who write oh. movies are writers, movie <laughs> they're writer. screenwriters. They, this is what they do as their job. So they're not necessarily experts on every, everything else, but I don't know. It, I mean, it really applies to almost I mean, like, oh, military movies, are, war movies. Are these people actually knowledgeable on it or do they just have some kind of passing thing that looks good enough on, on screen? Yeah. Just curious to uh, know. I, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, Gordon Ramsay would probably I think it's think rubbish. It, yeah, but he's like one of those like celebrity chefs who's like, my art. It's like, all right, but you're making food though. I got to eat it. <laughs> I got to be able to eat the fucking thing. Like, I don't. You can tell me what you want about the reduction and the destruction. If I ain't gonna, if I'm not eating it, I don't give a like a shit, man. Just let me eat it. Yep. And that really says a lot about our my views on the show. It's just like I'm just gonna watch the movie, man. I don't care. Wide zooms, pan. Fucking show me the movie, man. I don't get to the point. Come it on. It really now. does, doesn't it? Okay. So how did you want to attempt to score this? Oh, uh, I was trying to think of like a clever way to score it, like that was food related, like chef, like. Something out of Gordon Ramsay or something, but I kind right, of what, what size of, of McDonald's cheeseburger would you give this one? Oh, you know what? How many McChickens would I give? We'll do if we're doing McDonald's, I'd probably give it, I'd probably give it like three and a half out of four McChickens. <laughs> Excellent, very this is my usual order. <laughs> oh, gosh, <laughs> I would definitely, ha- I would definitely give this movie at least like a double cheeseburger, <laughs> I guess. And she has a double cheeseburger yeah, in this knows, movie. That's what I mean. And I was thinking, like, it's a good double cheeseburger. It's $9.95. She left the money. That's, that's a bit good. Much. That's a bit much for a cheeseburger, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays. But in this economy, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Inflation? Oh, bloody hell. The McChicken's one nineteen in some areas. Good God in heaven. It's almost $2 in some parts of the world. I can't world. believe she made him pay. Or he made her pay. That's weird. <laughs> like, yeah, you better leave the money, though. I did think it was funny though that she. I, I told you this before we started, but I, I thought it was very funny that he made all the rest of them pay. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it's just that kind of like absurd black humor to it all, where at some point everyone's just like, "I guess this is what we're doing." Like I thought it was very funny when all the finance bros just throw their cards. In, like they're just like, "Yeah, whatever, man," because they could just be like, "No, you you won't make me. I'm gonna die with some dignity or whatever the hell." But they're just like, "Yeah, whatever. Here it is." At this point, we're gonna die anyway. No one's gonna know if I die with dignity take, or take not. Take my card. <laughs> like, just why? Because they're all about to die, and he's gonna die. So who's that for? <laughs> and you kill your mom, maybe your drunk mom. Yeah, he, he killed his mom. They didn't take her out of there. Maybe they're gonna like. Maybe it's part of the whole plot is that it looks like an accident. No one ever knows what's really happened here. Yeah, because they because it fucking explodes. The building does. So it would. Mm. You'd think it would cover up a lot of the the sinister. But then if you if anyone looked into it, they'd be like, "What's all this marshmallow baked onto these people?" <laughs> Why are their heads covered in chocolate? This dude's this dude hanged himself in the other room. That's, that's disconcerting. <laughs> that's not good. This guy's missing a finger, and the finger's in a bag. And then, the, yeah, <laughs> why is this man's finger separate from his hand over here? In this in this different pile of ash. That's weird, huh? Oh, this guy's house is completely intact. Let's go search his cottage. Oh, there are plans, huh? huh. Yeah, so I guess that wouldn't really work. But at that point, he's dead. What does he care? Yeah, no, he doesn't care. Anyways, of course. But yeah, a big, big four courses out of five, baby. <laughs> That's why I give it on litter box. I give it four stars. So I'm think I, I don't know if I'm score. not leaning more towards three and a half though. Now that we've talked through it, some of its weaknesses, I might be leaning more towards three and a half, Jack. And I think that's I think, I think that's just fine. That's respectable. that's very respectable, of yeah. course, of course. It averaged at a three point eight last I checked, so somewhere in there. That's not too not, bad. Not too bad at all. Respectable. All right, so let's act out of that then into episode eleven of Andor. 
the Sisters of Ferrix. I guess you think that's the first time I ever actually knew the fucking title. You didn't though, Jack. You've made a grievous error. It's just called Sister of Ferrix. Or Daughter of Ferrix. You've actually really fucked it. Oh. It's not It's not oh. the Daughters of Ferrix. Certainly not the Sisters of Ferrix. It's just Daughter of Ferrix. And so my watch continues. <laughs> One day I'll get it. Um, which is, of course, Cassian's. Cassian's mother there. So that is that the very first scene we open with? Or is it them on the... I think they're still on the planet, right? No, I think that's I think it's the first scene we open with. All right, I'm about to bring it up yeah, here. But I think it's like dark because it's from BB BD one something. Is that the very first scene? I think you're right. I think. I think you're right. So basically, we're on Ferrix, and uh, Cassian's mom has died. She mom passed away. Passed she was away. pretty in, in a bad state when Cassian last saw her. She's been in a bad state for a while, and uh, yeah, now she's finally kicked the bucket. Which I I can't recall. Maybe you'll be able to help me here. Did we talk about this at some point about how like maybe she's just gonna die? No, I don't think we I did. Thought maybe I okay. Regardless, because I was like, oh, maybe she's gonna do something heroic and inspiring to Cassian. But I think this is more on brand for this show at this stage. Um, oh, absolutely, she just died because people just do that sometimes. Most of the time, maybe even yeah. you don't really die in, like yeah, heroically or battle. You don't go to Valhalla. No, she just was old, and she was kind of. I mean, as much as you respect what she was about and and everything, right? She was kind of deluded, wasn't she? Like she was, mm-hmm. a, she was a little bit old and. Yeah, gonna like you well, you're not actually gonna you know you're not actually gonna fight the Empire of Marvel, right? Like <laughs> you didn't actually think this was gonna work, did you're, you? You're old. Like you got gotta respect your spirit, but like you know you can't you're not gonna like be wielding a blaster shooting down stormtroopers, right? Like what are you what are you trying to get done here? Also it's like was she ever actually talking to anyone kind of thing? She's like, Oh the rebellion. It's like, do you know? Are are you like hooked up or are you just what did you do? Which again, it's just kinda sad. I don't know. I don't know what my point there is but she just dies and it's she doesn't do anything like that um and this will still likely be some kind of um certainly will be a catalyst for cassian but it's not because of any triumphant moment it's it's because of just the opposite because it's like yeah she's nothing left which is interesting so um it's kind of just as i predicted last week kind of right which is like everyone's mm-hmm. coming to a head here we, they all want to find cassian and this is the and i said it was going to be on ferrix but like Obviously, there's a very good reason now why he's going back to Ferrix because it seems as if initially he did not have plans to do that. Um, from what we see, to stay away. But regard, wait, to not get ahead of ourselves. So that's kind of the main Ferrix thing. Um, that doesn't right, and then it's, everything kind of spirals mm-hmm. out of that. So Cassian and Melshi are still on Narkina Five, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they've escaped, right? But it's kind of out of frying pan into the fire here because there's nothing there. It's just this like we talked about last week it's just this weird desolate barren wasteland right oh it does open with them by the way i was correct jack you were a fool (sighs) supplicate yourself i guess that's it i'm gonna make a restaurant (laughs) what make a restaurant five rich people kill them all myself (laughs) all right fair enough so it must be done um but so they they're like they're really not far off away because they don't actually have any meaningful plans of escape beyond this i mean they've escaped but now it's like where do we go here right and yeah. Melshi's kind of panicking. He's in a bad way. They're all they're all struggling. Um, they're hanging off a cliff. It's rough. Um, but then they find a ship, a quad jumper, like the one from uh, the uh, theatrical released Star Wars: The Force Awakens. And uh, they're like, "We'll steal it, right?" But then these two guys get them. These two alien boys, two fishermen. They web them up, don't they? It's the first aliens in a while. Yeah. So I don't. That was actually a big discourse this week. There's a couple of big discourses I want to talk about, Jack. If you'll if you'll indulge me. But one of the, wait discourse the Star Wars show <laughs> discourse that I bring up from Twitter on on this show, man, never happened before, right? Only 
that's never like 60 percent of all the content <laughs> so uh yeah there's been some discourse about aliens and not not enough aliens and is, is this even star wars that was when i sent to you where someone was like this doesn't even feel yes. like star wars and i'm like well that's you're being a bit dramatic here there's still lots of stormtroopers and tie fighters and things It'd be very silly to say this isn't star wars <laughs> like what does that even mean I don't, I don't know regardless um yeah i think this was a good show though by aliens i think uh it's been a they've been a bit few and far between but these guys delivered <laughs> i think they were fun oh yeah they're very star warsy big alien speaking broken yeah English. the one talked kind of weird the one's got knife hands come on right yeah who came, came more star wars right? than that. i love i liked it someone i think it was star wars explained i was watching his review and he's, he's pointed out like yeah it's a little few and far between the the sort of star wars camp because this is a more serious in, in tone and, and ideas and stuff at times but uh when it's there it's it delivers pretty good right between this these right. guys and dr quad paul like come on <laughs> oh i forgot about him right what more do you want yeah um, but i really like this moment because these guys were like oh we'll take you in for the bounty it'll be sick and they're like, oh, come on, fellas, it's the Empire. And they're like, actually, yeah, we're just joshing. We don't like the Empire either, obviously, because they're horrible. <laughs> yeah, they ruined all the lakes and all the fish are gone. This is their fault. So, yeah, we'll help you out. Screw them, kind of thing. Best way anyway, there, fellas. See ya. Which I really liked. I like that solidarity there, kind of. Again, this was Star Wars' way, but he was like, yeah, this is like, this is the Empire's whole thing. Again, this, in which is reiterated just, you know, innumerable times throughout the show is that, like, they try too hard to press everyone down and it just makes people want to rise up that much more. Cause it's like, they're trying to, you know, break down like community and they're afraid of, of people like working together kind of thing. And, and all this, and it just comes back to bite them. Cause now like these guys who probably wouldn't have any good reason to team up, right. They do mm -hmm. because they're like, yeah. actually screw the empire. We all hate the empire. That's the thing that's going to bring us together here. <laughs> so we will help you, which is nice. It's a good idea. That's what the alliance is, right? That's why the Rebel Alliance is like all of these, you know, different um, aliens like working together, especially at least by like, you know, Return of the Jedi and, and superflu or, uh, su supplemental materials and stuff. Because the first two movies also don't very have many, very many aliens, if we're actually honest. But whatever. Uh, who cares about that? Who actually watches those movies? Am I right? Not we just me. yell about them online. But yeah, it's a cool idea. So then they, they get to. Uh, they they get those guys to take him back to the planet that he left, the beach planet, whose name I can't recall, uh, where he's stashed his stuff in that like uh, up in the ceiling there. So it's still there actually, which is convenient for them. So he's got his money and his mm -hmm. guns and his the uh, manifesto. manifesto. Yeah, and uh, they will take that, and that's when he calls Ferrix, and they're like, Cassian, your mom's dead, and he's like, Oh shit! Uh, and Melshi's like, All right, Cassian, let's go our separate ways. Let's do some rebelling. I'll see you in. 2016's Rogue One, and he said, "All right, Melshi, I'll see you then. <laughs> see you then. Take care of yourself." Um, so that's good, and that's that's it. That's all the Cassian stuff actually this week. Yeah, it's pretty pretty quick. Uh, all good stuff though. Oh, yeah, and so he's making it back. They're gonna go. He's gonna go to Ferex, I think. Uh, I mean, everybody's going to. Ferex, everybody's too. going to Ferex, Jack. What's so good about Oops, all What's Ferex. so good about Ferex, man? Why? It's better than Tatooine. Thank God it's not fucking Tatooine. Oh yeah, it's not. Well, it's like Jakku, right? Why does everyone want to go back that's to true. Jakku? <laughs> Uh, so we gotta let's do let's do my boy favorite favorite Luthen. So oh yes, Luthen's kind of scrambling here. So the first is actually a Clea scene. Um, so she's cleaning a coin, and um, Vel shows up, and Vel's like, "What gifts? Where is he? I want to talk to him. Get, take me straight to the man." <laughs> and she's like, "No, can't do that. This is this. You're you're breaking all our rules. We have procedures here. Don't do this. You're lame." Then she she kind of pulls rank on her. She's like, "Listen." 
I get a billion of you. All right, we work with all kind of guys. You think you're special? I I deal with I deal with a million rebels every day. I'm so good. And she's like, all right, Clea, fine, fair enough. I just came to let you know, Cassie Andrew's mom is dead. So do with that what you will. It's probably going to be important later. Probably, but whatever. Who cares? Um, not you, I guess. You big jerk. And then she leaves. And then we have Luthen going to see Saw again, right? Yeah, and uh. What is he trying to do when he goes to see him? He goes to see him for... Because Saw's asked for a meeting, I believe. Right. Saw's oh, like, hey, come back. Luthen Luthen's here, and he's like, Saw. Saw's like, I've changed my mind, Luthen. I want to do the I want to do the Spellhouse Power Station attack. I'm ready to join on and team me up with uh with old Krieger there. Um, I want to, I wanna, you know, I got some rules, but I'll team up with Krieger. And yeah, we'll, have a grand old time. we'll have a sweet time. It'll be fun. And Luthen has to be like, listen, can't let you do that. Uh, because of obviously what we saw last week, he's like, I don't know, uh, ISB knows about him and they're going to get him. So we can't. And he's like, what? How do you know that? And he's like, don't even worry about it. Um, and they have this, a, a bit of an argument here because he's like, wait, wait. So, you know, like, why are you, why are you letting them go through with it? Either you, what do you, do you want them to lose? Like whose team are you on? Kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And then he, but he does kind of piece it out. He's like, actually, I see what you're doing here. You just you have a guy on the inside, and you don't want to expose him, so you're gonna let the manga. And he's like, "You gotta do, you gotta do, man." You know, kind of very much in in uh, Luthen fashion, fashion, just right? kind of yeah. like and justifies the means, greater good, and all that. Very much in the in the spirit of the his whole monologue last week, right? Of like this sucks kind of thing, and it's not necessarily the the right idealistic way to go about this, but you gotta do what you gotta do, right? These men's sacrifice are kind of you know be much more valuable to the whole rebellion in the long run, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but this is interesting. This is a super interesting another just dialogue scene here between some characters, and, like, there's some interesting ideologies at play here and, and stuff, and, again, the whole morality of this all. And, like, I think it was Star Wars explained as well. He's, he pointed out that, like, you know, Luthen is, like, the architect of the rebellion at this point from what we can see, right? He's, he's the one mm-hmm. piecing it all kind of together. And, uh, yeah, his philosophy is not... And I, I said this at one point too. Like his philosophy isn't ultimately the one that's going to prevail, like long term. Like we know, Mon Mothma is the head of state of the New Republic. Like she, she's the one who sticks through to the end, wherever else Luthen ends up here, right? Um, yeah. But again, in this in this early stage, it's like maybe this is the ideology you need to like to get things off the ground because they're too fragile and they're yeah. too they're too small. I did like uh, in this scene when Saw starts to panic. He kind of starts to panic at one point mm-hmm. before he like comes around to Luthen's side. So you've a spy. You've a spy among among me as well. Among us, who is someone acting sus among my crew? <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, it's two tubes. He did it." And he was like, two tubes? How could you put a two two tubes?" And he's like, "Well, what the fuck, man? I, what are you talking about?" That's funny, right? And that's like the that's like yeah, the funniest I, scene maybe in this whole show so far. It was so it was so unexpected. I was like, he's like, oh, I it's guess. tubes. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's my man. He's like, hey, tells me everything. And two tubes is like, wait, what? Hey, yo, what's this? And then. And then Luton's like, hey, you saw, you see how you're acting right now? That's how they're going to act if we tell um, Krieger to pull out. Like, they're going to panic, and they're not going to know. If we let them get to the attack and think they've won, they're not going to try anything again because they're going to think they're invincible. They're going to go back to their imperial mindset, which we need them to keep no matter what. They have to think they're fat and satisfied. They have to think they're the best. Because if they don't think they're the best, they're going to start paying attention, and then we'll never win. Mm-hmm. Which, again, is the whole... That's very much the enduring sort of idea behind the season here is that we you need to keep them arrogant and complacent like this and think that they are unbeatable because if they 
if they kind of catch wind of it and actually start trying, they they will be even harder to actually beat. Uh, but yeah, it's it's I think it's interesting because like if you look at some of the scenes we've gotten from them prior, right? So like Saw had that scene a couple episodes ago where he was like, "I'm the only one who knows what's going on. Screw all these other guys. Screw Krieger. Screw Ty Pie or whatever the hell. Screw all these other. <laughs> screw the the human cultists." I'm the only one who has clarity of purpose, right? I'm the only one who really knows what needs to be done, right? But then, in, in presented with this moment, Saw is like, actually, I, I actually don't think I want those guys to die. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no reason we should kill people unnecessarily. Yeah, I, actually, I think those guys should live. Don't, like, we're not just going to sacrifice them, right? Um, whereas Luthen had that whole scene where he's like talking last week, which is basically a big monologue of like, this makes me very upset. <laughs> Everything I have to do upsets me. My soul's damned and it keeps me up at night. I'll never be able to sleep. I hate everything. I, I don't have no rest. I, I literally will never rest. My mind is a sunless place, blah, blah, blah. But then when it comes down to it, he's like, well, no, we got to kill the guy. We got to let them die. <laughs> let them lose. 30 guys plus Krieger, uh, which is interesting. I don't know if you picked up on this, but last week he said 50 guys plus Krieger. Yeah. I noticed that as well. And I was like, did I miss here last episode? I think maybe he's lying to soften the blow a bit, right? I mean, yeah. like, oh, it's only 30 guys saw instead of, you know, 50s even more. It's even it's even worse, right? So yeah, it's 20 more men in his conscious, like conscious, especially because saw knows now. So he's like, all right, I can live with it. But if saw saw is going to be saw's crazy, so <laughs> he might just break on. It's not really all there. So it's hard to know how to react. So I'll try to soften it as much as I can. But yeah, good for two tubes. Love seeing him. Big fan of two tubes. <laughs> Got some dialogue. Yeah, I like there's also another funny moment. Uh when uh luthan gets there and they search him and they find his whatever like club weapon he has and he's like you're gonna take it or you're gonna give it back to me what, what are we he's doing? like give it back or put like, it down uh, <laughs> like what, what stop, are we doing stop messing with it huh leave it alone so then uh after his meeting he's flying back uh to f- um to coruscant and he calls his uh shopkeeper lady whose name i don't remember claire claire <laughs> and claire what, what, claire oh claire excuse me i thought you said claire my, <laughs> my apologies <laughs> She's uh, Star Wars Claire. Yeah, yeah, Star Wars Claire. Um, and they're speaking kind of in like, you know, merchant code. They're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm booking up another buyer. And she's like, oh, I don't do that. He goes, is it off the table? She goes, no, it's not a table. We have people working on it. It's like, no, I should go there myself and, you know, really make sure the buy goes through. And they're speaking, obviously, in those kind of terms. So they don't, in case they're wiretapped, you can't immediately know they're talking code. Yeah, I liked that. And then that was kind of fun. I did like that a lot. That, I always love when that happens when like, you know, they talk in code and you know what they're talking about. Um, but then a uh, big weird tractor star destroyer, which I don't think has been seen on screen before. At least I've never seen anything like that before. Um, appears and wants to search him, and he's like, and Lucian's trying to get out of it, and he's trying to get out of it, and he uses an Alderani like um, code to be like, oh, I'm, I'm in the clear. But the guy, the Imperial's like, nah, I just want to be a mean Imperial this time. And so then Luthen is forced to uh, fight back and escape through uh, non peaceful means. Yeah. It was pretty cool. It was a very intense scene. I really liked this scene. I I did too. I I agree. I felt the same way. It was really again like I don't know. This show's really good at that. To me, is is building this tension and this kind of these these high uh, high intensity moments here. But yeah, that's the uh, it's an arrestor cruiser. It's called which I I also not recognized. Um, I must confess, Jay. Um, wow, there something you don't even recognize. Also, the I think the problem here is that. There's kind of two ships that fill very similar roles in canon, and I wasn't familiar with this one. I'm familiar with the Interdictor Cruiser, which is um, even more traditional kind of Star Destroyer-looking ship in shape and size and stuff. It's definitely smaller, but it's it's um 
very similar in shape. It's just a big triangle. Um, and it's got big, uh, these big balls on it that are like the, the tractor things. It's a, it's a very similar thing, right? It's a big ship that's just designed yeah. to be, to have an even more powerful tractor beam that you couldn't hope to escape kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So this feels the same role. It's just different, uh, which is cool though. Apparently it's from, I was reading, it was from like uh, concept art for, for star Wars, which they love doing. They've done, they've never stopped <laughs> reusing that same concept art from, way back for the for, for uh, a new hope kind of thing which you always love to see it's always fun when it pops up so yeah, it comes back around it's not wasted yeah nothing wasted very much so very much so i mean they don't have uh they don't have rough mcquire around to make any new ones so they're just like let's just do everything you ever draw actually <laughs> <laughs> something's gonna be good although, i don't know who actually although apparently uh this was not a this was not a rough mcquire design this was a colin cantwell design no well, good for Colin Cantwell. He based his concept art off the fourth copy of the script of Star Wars. Interesting. So it was when it was in an early script when they were still called the when the Empire was still just called the Sith. So it was dubbed briefly a Sith carrier. Oh. So apparently this was concept art for the first Star Destroyer, actually, like from the very first scene. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. But uh, and the, they obviously have adapted it so that the big uh, the big radar dish things are like tractor beams, um, projector things and stuff. Very cool. Uh, but yeah, this is like you said, very fun scene. I, I like that. Like he's trying to, he starts trying to like you know with this subterfuge and trying to talk his way out of it kind of thing. And when it looks like that's going south, he just goes full on, uh, you know, weapons hot kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I I really thought a lot of them. Also, I haven't seen. Um, he starts with uh, the dishes with like a bunch of debris. Yeah, and then he starts finding all these tie fighters, and he has this like these two lasers. Yeah, that like just he spins and cuts them. That was so cool. He tries spinning, which is a good trick, turns out. Yeah. Also, we I really thought he was going to try to blow up the ship somehow. I actually kind of like thought so, too. I was like, well, if he's got all this, maybe he can just destroy it. You never know. But Yeah, I mean, that laser seems pretty powerful. Yeah, right? That's right. Lasers are weird like that. Do they just go forever? How's that work? I, I think they go forever. Did Luthen accidentally cut up a mountain down on the planet's surface there? <laughs> Did he cut a mountain in half? I thought he was going for the bridge, like he was just going to kill all those guys. Because I mean, he flies right towards it; he just doesn't end up doing anything. Um, yeah, but I, a bomber, bomber, I was uh, see a tie bomber. Oh, do it! Oh, yeah, it does the small. I did notice that. I was like, oh, it's a different one. I was watching this one of my friends, and he had the idea that if he destroys it, it'll bring a lot of heat on him. Like if if a ship just destroys yeah, the entire yeah. radar thing, it'll like he'll get caught. Like, well, some well somebody blew it up. But if it just like fucks him, I think he's gonna get a lot of heat off this regardless. Well, that's true. I don't, I don't think he's anyone he could avoid it, but I think he'll get as little as he'll. Yeah, I saw someone say out. like, "What was the point of this scene this week?" And I was like, first of all, cool, fun action that we don't get a ton of in the yeah. show. Rule of cool. Are man. you gonna? How you gonna? Uh-huh. How you gonna like say that about one of the coolest? Yeah, space action. This is one of those only space fights we've gotten. I think the whole season really. Yeah, everybody's complaining. We're like, well, I like Andor, but there's not enough Star Warsy stuff. And then the instant a Star Warsy thing happens, they're like, mm, wasn't that cool? Why did it even happen? Yeah. But I think also, I think it's dumb to say that when we haven't had the last episode yet, because I think it's going to prove to be, I think it might prove to be quite important, actually. Actually, Jack, I think pretty important. Um, actually, it'll be quite important. I think what it could be is that this is this might be his downfall, actually. This might be the, the last sort of piece that might be his undoing. I don't know. I still would like him to make it through, but you never know. Does has he said the line from the trailer when he's let him? Tire- oh no, he has said when he's like, "I'm tired of running. Like I just can't do this yeah, anymore." Yeah. I think this probably be like, "Well, you know, I'm I'm actually sick of this anyway. Like I don't like doing this. My soul's damned. I there's no sun anymore. I hate it. <laughs> the sun. It's an eclipse. I think it's real cloudy today, and I, I'm just tired. Yeah, I think because he gets away, but 
they know him. They know his ship. They know his voice, maybe. I think that could come out to haunt him because, uh, what's his name? Cyril knows his voice. Yeah. Um, almost no one knows his face, right? He's kind of established that. But they know his voice. And so that could come to, I think that could come to, also, it could just be that, like, him and, <laughs> him and Cyril meet next episode and Cyril's just like, wait. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think there's a chance this could be the, the, a detail. I don't know. We'll see, though. It could just be a fun moment. Maybe it will be of little consequence. It might. It might end up that whatever else happens to him, this is doesn't really fact, factor in. But yeah, I hope not. But we'll see. Um, I guess we also. I, I said we were done with Ferrix, but there's Bix. We forgot to mention Bix. She's in a really rough way after they tortured her with those. Oh, um, she's fucked. It's ho- horrible. Which is yeah, no good. It's a sh- that's a shame. She honestly seems like it seems like they might have gone too far, and she's just useless to them now. Um. Because they have this scene where they have the they have Krieger's like mugshot, and they're like, uh, "Is this the man you were talking to, Bix? What's what's it here? What gives?" And he just she just doesn't answer the whole scene. She just she just kind of yeah like shuts down, which is really rough. Yeah, it's just very depressing. It's just like yeah they've and they and they don't like care. They're like, "Oh, I guess she's broken. Whatever, throw her out. We don't we don't need her." And it's like, what did you guys get out of her at that then? I mean, they they did get out of her that Cassian was here, but that's 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 like all they have to show for this, and they've they've ruined her basically. Like that's shit. Hate that. Not a big fan. Not at all. It's just the worst for no reason. They're just the worst. Yeah, actually, guy, I think these Empire fellows might might be the bad guys. Who knew spit? You know what? This changes my opinion on space Nazis forever. <laughs> um, there's also a, just a very brief moment, but um, Bix or uh, not Bix, but oh gosh, what's her name? Uh, Tell's girlfriend, woman. Cinta. Uh, I, Cinta. You never know her name, and if you don't know her name, I'm not gonna get it. <laughs> so Cinta has gotten a job as like a bartender or something at a at a local place, and uh, she serves the ISB spy. <laughs> do you know that? Yeah, that's fun, right? And she's like, "Hey, what's up with her?" He's like, "I don't know. I just work <laughs> I'm here. new here. I don't know. I just started last week." She's <laughs> very funny. I wonder. Do you think either of those people? Do you think either of them know? Do they both know? Is this like a fun bit of they're playing coy with each other? I, th- I, th- I don't think they know. I think I think no. I think um, if anyone knows, Syndra might know. But I think that Imperial guy just doesn't know because he's an Imperial and they're just stupid. Yeah, that could be. Or I feel like if either of them are good at their job, they should recognize you and be like, "Wait, why are you always hanging out staring at Cassian's house?" <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe they're good. I mean, clearly she's good enough at her job that she's like started to blend in and I'll get a job. I'll look more natural, kind of thing. So, but yeah, I guess we didn't. Do, did you say? But like, yeah, Luthen also decides to go to. Or uh, Ferex, yeah, fair, yeah. So he's totally on board, and then um, Dedra. We don't get really much at all from Dedra beyond just they're like, "Hey, Dedra, um, his mom died. Uh, what do you think about that?" Uh, we're, they get, they ask for a permit. They know we'll refuse, of course. <laughs> we're evil. <laughs> do you? Are we, are we making ourselves evil enough for you, Twitter? Which that's that's a good moment, I guess, to just show how how much you hate him. <laughs> Yeah, just they're just uh, I, uh, I, the fact that they're like uh, they asked for it, which they know will reject, of course. Why w- well, we have to? It's policy to reject all permits for funerals. <laughs> Why would we let them mourn? <laughs> like, oh, it's foolish. Just like that's just comical. <laughs> like, it's cartoonishly. Of evil. course, we wouldn't let them grieve their their dead loved one. <laughs> like, guys, come on. That's definitely a like. Are we the baddies? Kind of moment. Like no one, you didn't give pause at all to be like, wait a minute, why do I get? Why do we gotta stop giving this stuff? Why? Why aren't we letting them have a funeral again? <laughs> <laughs> Can I? I don't mean to be the hey guys. I don't mean to be like I know I'm new here and I'm the intern, but 
What's the harm in a funeral, fellas? But she's like, actually, you should go right ahead with that because it'll get Cassian to show up, um, which it probably will. And then, oh, and then Cyril, he's also coming to the funeral because he got uh, a message from the um, sergeant guy, Sergeant Mosk from the first couple episodes being like, hey, buddy, uh, yeah, Cassian's mom's having a funeral. You should go, which was a fun scene. I like that. Just the whole like uh, lost in translation thing where they're talking past each other. That's always fun. Yeah, I like that he was like in a reactor. He's like, I called you on FaceTime in this reactor. There's always such a long line at break time. I figured I'd just do it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, his mom remains horrible, doesn't she? <laughs> She's like, oh, I knew you She's didn't kidding. do anything good. <laughs> and you're just a fuck up. And he's like, all right, lady, what are you doing? He had like a real serious moment at one point there. And I was like, is he going to like, <laughs> is this it? Is he about to snap? Is he going to go over and just like kill her? But no, he, I, I mean, I think I feel like that might be coming. It might be, yeah. I think so. I think there's a chance of that. Um, but then he's like, "All right, I'm going too." Also, we know Vel's going back because uh, she has a scene with with Mon with Mon Mothma here. Oh yes, this this scene was pretty cool as well. Uh, basically, they his, her daughter goes through the Great Enlightenment. Some kind of maybe. What is she? What do they call it? She says we're working on like the pledge. I don't. It's it's a weird thing. Yeah, and. They're like, you still do this? And she's like, no, uh, it's coming back around the the old ways, this religion. And then it's like, is it your husband? He's like, nah, parents pretty cool about this one thing, I guess. <laughs> it's all her. And it's just, yeah, she just wants to do it. But, Something she likes to do. She calls it the chant, apparently. That's what they say. Praising the chant. But yeah, uh, this is really interesting. I think like, yeah, I don't know if this was fascinating to me. So one, there's something very real about that, right? This idea that like oh, it all comes back around, right? Now the kids are cool with it again, <laughs> kind of thing, right? Yeah. The parents aren't cool with it; they're cool with it, kind of thing. Um, that's fun. Because you, you always want to do what your parents don't want you to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Kinda... Um, which is, I think, very yeah, very true to life. Um, the other thing I thought that was interesting about this is I think it's not as like at first you want to be like, "What the hell, leader?" Right? At least I did. I was like, "This is weird. Why would you be into this?" Right? But yeah. I think there's maybe some actual like real character kind of stuff here. So um, when we talked about this with, I think we did at least was with the first episode where Lita's introduced and we saw that they had this strained kind of relationship is you can't really blame her. Right. Um, Oh yeah. Not at all. She like Mon Mothma has to, on some level be an actual, actually kind of absent. Right. Um, There's too many demands on her time. Like, and you know, beside the fact that she has a, she would have a busy job by any normal circumstances, regardless. She's also trying to do with this rebellion on top of it. Right. And mm-hmm. she's clearly made some sacrifices along the way of like, well, it's sort of worth like sacrificing some of my time with my daughter now to build a lasting future for her kind of thing. I would, I would assume yeah, that's yeah. what her logic is. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's really interesting that we see this and mom's like, I don't know if I even approve of this. This is kind of weird. This is not what I would have wanted for her, but there's probably an element of like Lita is trying to find some kind of connection with her mother in this. Yeah. It's grabbing anything that make, might make her like pay attention, yeah, which is really kind of sad. And it's, it's interesting. And I think it makes it a little more complex. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Again, at first you're like, why is she in it? Like what? Lita's this weird, like she's like a trad, <laughs> but I think it makes sense. Like in a lot of ways that, you know, she's she's away from home, right? She clearly identifies with Chandrila, but she has to live on Coruscant. Um, and is it, you know, because Mon says that, that, like, it's more, this, this is coming back more strongly among, like, these Chandrillan, like, expats than it is actually on Chandrila, right? Because it's these people who are separated mm-hmm. from their culture and their home, and they're trying to 
connect with it. Yeah. Like in a way they can with, with that culture that they have, which I think is just, I think it's really interesting. And there's, again, it feels very true to life to me on some level. Oh, definitely. They're grasping it. They're kind of like between two worlds. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, um, like have well, I'm, even people who like are immigrate here when they're children or have like parents of two different kind of cultures have that kind of like gray area. We don't really fit. They're not really either. Yeah. And it's hard to find Precisely. that balance. Yeah, you should. I say he's a guy who is, who's neither of those right, things, right. but that's what I've heard. So yeah. And it's, and, and yeah, again, cause she's like, there's this moment of like, Oh, mom doesn't really approve. And they're giving each other like lead at one point shoots are kind of a look. And it's like, yeah, I, you know, I bet if Mon had actually been able to like connect with her on some level and spend more time with her and be like, oh, these are the parts of our culture that I actually do like. Like, this is what I'm into. Like, you know, if there's something there, but instead she's just grasping at straws and she's like, I guess this. And little does she know, or maybe she doesn't know, but it, I would think probably not. Like, her mom hates this, isn't a fan of this tradition. And as we said last week, um, you would think it's very much not what she would want for her daughter. Um, yeah, absolutely. But this, this further complicates it because it's like, well, maybe Lita's fine with it. Maybe Lita would want it for herself, which is really kind of like, oh, geez. It it almost adds like, an, I think almost, uh, I don't know, it almost makes the decision harder, I feel like, right? Not easier, if that oh, makes yeah. sense? Because I feel like on the surface level, yeah. you're like, oh, if she's cool with it, that's fine. But it's like, no, I feel like that means you have even more of a responsibility to like be the adult about it, right? Because mm-hmm. it's you can be like, oh, my teenage daughter thinks this is what she wants. So we'll just go right ahead with it. It's like, that never works teenagers classically stupid motherfuckers so dumb <laughs> so like i'm saying that as as a mom right i feel like that even more so she's be like no i can't just go ahead with this because she'd be fine with it or it's what she wants or like that's not that's not what i'm should be doing here right that should not be my concern no but it's again it's just it's more interesting that like yeah maybe her daughter would actually be receptive to this this arranged marriage type situation maybe she would be cool with it but again that's it that almost makes it more sinister i don't know yeah, uh, but they she has that conversation with Val about it, and Val's like, "What are you? What kind of shit are you in here? What's what's going on?" And she explains it all to her, and she's like, "Does Luthen really know?" Um, and she's like, "No, not not, not really." Um, which is interesting. I don't know. There's some, there's some interesting ideas here. So one, it's like I don't. Did we talk about it after the Aldani read? I think we must have. But like, how much money is that really? Right? <laughs> so weird. Yeah. I think because I saw I watched a video. I watched it, it was by Generation Tech, and they did a video saying that like a Star Wars credit is about the same as a U.S. dollar right now, more or less, um, in terms of buying power, which yeah. is like, that kind of makes sense. That's certainly easy to understand as an American audience. Uh, but I'm like, does that really apply? Because then they were talking about ships, and it's like, starfighters are not that expensive. And I think I think the problem is that even if you can do, if you can do more or less the sort of, yeah, the, the buying power of their currency, it doesn't mm-hmm. take into account that, like, it's a, so, such a different world that things are going to be valued less to them, maybe. So yeah. like I think a starfighter is more like the cost of a car than it is like the cost of a jet plane in our world. Plane. Yeah, yeah. So I think maybe that's part of the idea behind there because it's like I don't think starfighters cost all that much. They're like forty thousand credits or something, which is like because because yeah, a lot of people. I mean, everybody's ships. Yeah, yeah. In some yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. They're much more like cars, I think. Because this guy, he also did a video on, or he broke it down. He was like, with the money they stole, they could buy like an entire like wing like a couple squadrons of X-Wings and A-Wings and then like a couple of Corvettes and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Seems like a lot, but mm-hmm. all right. Um, so I don't know. When she's talking about 40,000 or 400,000 credits, you're like, that's obviously a lot of money, but it's like, is it really? Especially because, and I think maybe this is where Vel's mind was going in this scene. Um, They stole like 80 million or whatever, right? Yeah. 
40, 400,000 is like a drop in the fucking bucket compared to 80 million. So I was like, I don't, I'd say I don't, so. I don't know. She'd be like, yeah, man, we stole over 160 times that much. So maybe we can just peel you <laughs> off some if you just ask. <laughs> you don't have to sell your daughter into this relationship, maybe. J- yeah. Just a thought. <laughs> Just like ask, just you know, you don't, you never know the answer until you ask. Which I think is, I really think it's maybe where Vel, because you can clearly see she's, she's thinking about something here, right? Vel is, she's like, mm. Mm, this, there's, I can do something here. I think there's something to this. I don't know if we're gonna go ahead with this situation, uh, but yeah, it's really interesting. Again, really great uh, acting out of uh, Genevieve O'Reilly here again. I must say, she's really showing her chops. She starts crying here, and you're like, oh geez, you can. Oh, she's yeah. really conflicted in this, in this whole thing because she's acting her pants oh, off. Yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because what is what is my, at one point Vel's like so like you're not gonna you're not gonna do it though, right? And she's like, I don't know, man. I gotta do something. Yeah, something has to be done. She, or she's like, I'm in trouble. I'm, like I'm I'm in a lot of trouble, man. I can, I'm looking for something. Like just, we need a way out of this, or they're gonna take us all down, kind of thing. Which makes sense. Do you think she will ask Luthen, or do you think she'll just like have to live with this? I don't see them actually selling her daughter. Well, not, I mean, selling is a strong word for it. I, I don't see them going that route where they actually have to use the, the businessman guy, um, whatever he is and do, uh, the crap businessman and, and, and doing the thing with his son. I, I don't feel like that's the way this is actually going to go. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to find some alternate solution one way or the other, whether it's just using that money, which seems really easy and straightforward and, I guess there's some element of pride here, maybe for Mon Mothma, and that's why she hasn't. But but like, I feel like she could. Um, uh, yeah. I suppose the other thing, I guess this actually, it's I forgot she doesn't know that they did that, so that's definitely a factor too, right? Like Mon right, doesn't yeah. know they they were the ones who did that heist and that they have eighty million sitting around right right now. Yeah, she just thinks Luthen needs her money. Vel, the, yeah, that's right, because Vel's so or not Vel as much, but Luthen is so like. No one can know anything about each other, kind of thing, and he's all these lies and deception and stuff, um, which is Sagarera's right to be to be scared about, Jack, because it's true. Look at this guy. Yeah, he's he's a shifty man. He's shifty. Uh, as I, was, I was like, I was thinking back, you know, watching this episode because I remember we talked about last week about like who's the real Luthen and like when is he putting on a show and when isn't he? And you know, uh, as in a good show, like it makes you think about like when he talks to Saw when he's like desperate. How much is that to make Saw agree with him? Right. Like, kind of take down Saw's defenses. Because, he, like you said, he softens the number. He makes it less, which obviously stands out to you. You're like, oh, wait, that's less than before. And to, like, bring, be like, oh, Saw, see, I'm like a guy who's never, who's always on top of things. I'm in distress. You need to help me here. I got no other choice. Like, he's Saw. kind of, so I, I'm, yeah. I'm putting it all on the table here so that you can, so you can know, kind of thing. Yeah. Because he really, yeah, so of, you can make the choice. Yeah. Yeah. He, that's a good. Very good observation, I think. Because yeah, he's like, "Oh, saw no, I'm I'm telling to you straight, man. I haven't told anyone else, but I'm letting you know. I'm letting you in on the secret. I'm I'm at your mercy yeah. here, saw. What do you think?" And he's saw's so like, "Well, okay. Well, in that case, I guess. All right, Luther. I guess, I guess that was like a good idea. I guess. I guess you know what you're talking about. But it's like, yeah, that could all be kind of fake too. A front. Yeah. You just don't know what's real. What's not? What's he about? Was he gonna shoot saw? Would he have done that? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you never know. No, who knows? Who knows? He's a- He's a wild card, man. He'll do anything. He's unhinged. He's unhinged. Yeah. He's that's so interesting. It's, I think it's gonna come back to bite him on some level. Is that he's put he's keeping everyone too too sort of separate oh, against too, each other. Yeah, too much at arm's length where there's not gen, there's not enough genuine cooperation going on. He's putting it all on himself of like, I'll do it. 
right? I I will be the sole coordinator of all this. Uh, you know, I'll piece people together myself, and and if if Krieger wants help from Saw, he'll go through me, and it'll be sick. But it's like you can't put it all on one man, right? Because now you're the you're the weak link here, right? And we see that constantly because Clay is like, let me do this. Let me do it. Uh, how about I do this for you? And every time he's just like, no, I, I have to do it, Clay. It's up to me. My mind has no soul. When you want to give it all to something I've real. I've got to give it all to something real, Clay. There's no joy in my life. It's up to me. It's I, It must be me, Clay. She's like, all right, listen. We're all here, though. I mean, we're all doing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, that's got to go somewhere. I would say that's going to get resolved next episode. Just oh, yeah. The whole, For sure. Because this is her overarching... I mean, it's it's kind of like a you look up and you realize like it's been yeah like nine episodes all just about her trying to get this money. Um, so like yeah, I think the payoff is gonna have to come this next week here, and that'll, that'll be her whole season kind of arc here for the most part. Is like how do we get out of this pickle? But yeah, I suppose if she's able, to, or now that Vel knows, maybe Vel will just go to Luthen and be like, hey, just give her some money, man. Yeah, man, just come on. Spot us some cash. Well, she's good for it. She'll give it back to you. And it's kind of weird in the grand scheme of things now. Yeah, when you do have the whole picture of like, he's making her just absolutely lose her mind stressing over money because she thinks that they need it so desperately when he's still sitting on, <laughs> yeah, that much for, for half this season. But again, he's not that great of a guy, maybe. So. No, he's kind of maybe the worst. <laughs> yeah, th- although there's definitely limits to that. I, I did see some people... <laughs> made that argument last week after his little speech that like he's just bad and he's like he's too bad um and i'm like well he's kind of a bad guy but he's not a bad guy right like yeah he does bad things but he's not cruel no, he's n- and he's not evil he's just not he, he what he really like and i suppose this is all a matter of perspective right um but what he's doing he is doing for the greater good He's trying to destroy the empire, which we know is evil. There's just no, if you stray too far from that, then you're, I mean, come on, right? I think I sent you one this week that was like talking about how maybe the empire is not that bad. I don't know. What was it? Uh, I'm going to look at it right, right. now. And it, it was kind of dealing with this element of like, oh, but it's the, is he, who's better? Is he even any better than the empire? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> he is. is. There's no doubt about that. Like, and of course, there's definitely a, a discussion there to be had about like what how far is too far like you know his whole thing last week he's using the tools of his enemy to defeat them when does that become too much right how much sort of you know how how many sacrifices can you make to be like but i'm still doing it to to defeat the the more bad guys right like there is definitely a tipping point i suppose where you've done enough bad in the name of it that you're not you just aren't good anymore but i don't think he's there yet no, he's not. I mean, that's how Saw kind of becomes eventually. Mm-hmm. But he, he becomes oh, a literal terrorist. He pays it off. Like, like, I mean, Saw's there in the end, right? Like, I don't know. I, there's definitely, yeah, grayer there, but it's like Luthen hasn't done anything like Saw does yet, quite yet. <laughs> but I don't know. It's tough. Did you find the, the what I was thinking of? No, I I, I I cannot find it at the moment. All I found was the um, jar meme you sent me about the Stormlight statue. <laughs> oh, I did find this one about, maybe it was this. It was about Anakin. It wasn't quite about this show, but oh, okay. The, I did find the Anakin one. I didn't know that's what you meant. That's such a. I thought it was so funny. It was it, for for the the viewers' benefit. It was a. I think it's a Tumblr post where it's about like, have you guys noticed that Anakin Skywalker doesn't use mind tricks? It's because Anakin Skywalker doesn't have it in him to overrule another being's free will. So just think about that, huh? And someone was like, yeah, but he he murders a bunch of children with a laser sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on purpose. And then he like chokes his wife. The Anakin stands are always a 
they've always been a, a true foe of mine. <laughs> ideologically yeah, a stain on our society so yeah it's like no he is the villain though guys come on let's not do this again he becomes darth vader but i guess it's a similar what sort of thing it? like i i saw a number of of uh videos this week about um I, thumbnails i should say i didn't watch any of these videos but various things about like luthan has the same philosophy as palpatine they're two sides of the same coin luthan's kind of a sith isn't he luthan's the, and it's like but luthan the the fundamental difference and it's very very important it's it's you know, it's subtle, Jack, but I think you'll find the difference is that <laughs> Luthen is using it to try to stop the oppression and Palpatine is using it all to oppress the whole galaxy. Like, yeah, not, he makes the like, empire. I don't know. Who's the this, empire? Is, this isn't really that hard, guys. Like, yeah, who's called the emperor? <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. It's a, it, it, it is still kind of that same thing of like, is this is just somehow too like is Star Wars too on the nose for some people that they're looking for hidden subtlety here of like and we somehow they they come all the way back around. Yeah, they're they're mistaking. They're trying to find the forest and the trees. And it's like my brother in Christ. The trees they're are there. there. No, don't. It's like no, no. There's a forest don't here miss somewhere. The forest for the trees. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I don't know. To be like, oh, Luthen. It's like no, no, no. Luthen is still the good guy. Let's not even. Let's not pretend he's not. He, he is a good guy. He's a he's a worse good guy, I guess. He's less pure. But again, like I said last week, right? You need him. Luke doesn't get to the stage where he can blow up a Death Star and be a hero. Without Luthen, like it just doesn't happen. He recruits Cassian, who's also a good guy. Who also allows he does the Death Star plans, right? Like it's all, all works together, right? Like it's again, you need him as a, like a step on this path. Um, is that is that all our main players though this week? Yeah, I think so. Do you want to get to my second piece of discourse then, Jack? Oh, absolutely. All right, so my second dis- piece of discourse this week that's popped up. I don't know. Maybe I'll look. I'll do some quick research right now. See if I can find where exactly it uh, popped up from. Um, and we don't have to get super deep into this because this is maybe stepping a little beyond our wheelhouse here. But um, it, well, that's what we love <laughs> it's doing. a conversation that I've seen uh, about if Andor is actually leftist or not. Oh, that's pretty far out of the wheelhouse. It's a bit for us. We're not very political, right? Only on a pretty surface level do we try. But yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> to me, I would have said yes. <laughs> I yeah, I probably would have said yes. Um, as we talked about, like, and okay, and I guess it's totally prefaces right it's obviously leftist or whatever politics it might have is in like a poppy kind of this is just a tv show way right yeah. like despite it all despite all the pro the the um what was i going for praise <laughs> that's the word jesus <laughs> no hey i'm glad you <laughs> got there. All the praise we've been we've been shoveling upon this show um it is a star wars show and it's like it's on disney plus and all and it's like it's got lots of good ideas that we've been talking about but also i wouldn't call this exactly a political dissertation of any kind, right? No, um, no, no. So I'll, I will definitely like accept that, right? But it's okay. It's definitely not apolitical, is it? Like, <laughs> no, not at all. It's probably the most political Star Wars show. I mean, they literally address the implications of the the first, like the first whole episode, as we talked about, is just about uh, the security people hassling the regular folk, right? And things going wrong because they like, yeah. Basically, again, I, the first scene in the show is like a cops, cops harassing being, a Mexican being, guy. Yeah, I, mean, that, I know it's not literally right, but that's how it is, isn't it? Like, I yeah. mean, <laughs> they see they see a guy who like gets one up on them unintentionally, and so they use they abuse their power and take it out on him because they know they can. Right? Like, hmm. I don't know. Where has this happened before? When some uh, 
so people are joking that like this the whole interaction between Luthen and Saw here is like these two guys being like, Are you a cop? <laughs> Wait, are you a cop? So like something a cop would say, You you a fed man? <laughs> you gotta tell me your cop or else is in trap. Yeah, somebody literally posted that meme, Jack. <laughs> it's it's him yelling, but the caption says, Are you a cop? If you're a cop, you have to fucking tell me, man. <laughs> and here's one where um Saw is saying, you know, that sounds like some shit a cop would say. <laughs> um, but it's I think it may have spiraled out of this guy's tweet where he said, um, where is it? Um, I know Andor isn't really leftist, but having factions immediately devolve into calling each other feds and ops is so perfect. Uh, I I would I would definitely disagree with the first part when someone said it's not what I I think it is. Um, I feel like now now call me crazy. I don't know a lot of conservative factions that start revolutions. Yeah, uh, well, not good that's, ones that's, at least. Not not good ones at least. Not ones. Sometimes they do. I guess, I guess there's sometimes they do. I won't say they don't, but. He's a conservative. The word in there is conserve. If we accept that Andor is about, or that, uh, sorry, that the Reb, the Empire is a fascist regime, right? Which uh, you and I are both on board for. Apparently that's also. Absolutely. They're called storm. Apparently that's the cause. We've talked about this as well. That's also the cause for some discourse yeah. where people don't want to accept that for some reason. Um, people object to the usage of fascist because it's, these guys aren't, um, Italians in the 1930s or whatever. But, um, I actually, it, which kind of ties into this. I, I read that art that essay last week, Jack. Um, <clears throat> it's called Your Fascism, which is by um, Umberto Eco, maybe is his name, who I don't know what, hold on, let's see what, what he's called. Um, he's an Italian medievalist, philosopher, semiotician, I don't know what that word is, novelist, cultural critic, and political and social commentator. So there you go. He's like a historian kind of guy um, who wrote this right. this essay called Your Fascism, which is basically about um, how he defines fascism as a concept and why fascism as a word has become a catch-all term for um, any number of ideologies, right? And he talks right. about how, um, and again, this is just his his thing, right? He, he, obviously, this is one guy's take. You don't have to take it as word or as law, but right, yeah. um, he talks about how like, <clears throat> um, what is it? What did Spain have? Did they have a communist revolution technically? But like Francisco so. Franco, sure. Spain, and he talks about um, obviously Mussolini's Italy. He's he's from Italy. He grew up then. Um, you know, Nazi Germany, even um, like Soviet Russia, they all have these certain similar characteristics, and they also have differences, right? Um, and so it's like, why has like? And he talks about how basically they all have certain similarities that like. He, he goes on this whole thing about like a transitive property thing where it's like, well, if mm. you have ABC and, and BCD and then, you know, DFG or whatever the hell, like, you know, even though when I EFG, right, isn't actually the same as ABC, right? They don't actually share anything in common. There's like a progression right. there that you can kind of see that there's like, oh, yeah, there's still kind of something tying these all sort of together. And that's how he described fascism, right? Um, the point being fascism is not any one ideology, even on our planet. So to be like, Oh, you can't call star. You can't call the empire fascist because like they never say the, word. Say the word fascist and they didn't even have Nazis or, or Benito Mussolini or Jews or the Holocaust. If Benito Mussolini doesn't exist in star Wars, I don't even see how fascism could exist. <laughs> it's like, shut up. <laughs> You're an idiot. We've also, I think debunked this several times before. There's literally just existing star Wars books where they use the word fascism. So shut up. <laughs> Would you? Yeah. So you just, you just pay attention, please. Um, regardless, where was I going with on this? Oh, but so it's like I don't know. <laughs> so you know, even just that makes it kind of political, right? You would think mm -hmm. it's a show about the rebels fighting against this, right? Um, but again, there's I don't know. Again, we're not exactly very politically astute, and and 
especially like theoretically like i don't i don't read a lot of theory but i I don't know i would argue that it's definitely has leftist ideas for sure and i've seen people so there's people arguing this we go like well is it is it leftist or is it it's not not leftist it's not conservative it's not not conservative and it's like is it though what you know and basically there's people being like well can which is a thing what did we talk about there was something we talked about oh it was it was with all quiet on the western front right um do you remember right. i was like people say can anything really be anti-war because you know if you're They're depicting it, it some i did see people say like can anything really <laughs> is there any kind of art that is fully um leftist like this because this is this big um and or is this is like this big disney production right like it's made by disney yeah. and it's you know it's this massive property and it's this it's all about money right like when you get on the court why does this show exist it's because of because they know they it's can because make of money. money. It's to sell a product. It's to sell a yeah to sell a thing, and so like that's not a super like um, left idea, is it? Like that doesn't really vibe with like communism and shit. To be like yeah no 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 this is all for profit. This is just a big money making endeavor. When we get right down to it, yeah. And regardless of the themes that are in there and all the revolutions that may inspire, quote unquote, uh, it's just at the end of the day they're making it's about money. selling action figures and shit, right? Oh yeah, and Which I was like does. that's. I think there's some there's something to that too, right? Um, but I don't know. If, does that like does that totally obliterate anything this show is trying to say? To just say, well, but it's a it's for making money. It's it, Disney made it, so does any of that other shit matter? Uh well, no. I think I think that's a bit. I bet it's too reductive. I think so too. Like it's like well, it's it's like I I can't think of a good example, but it's just like whenever someone's enjoying something, you go actually, don't you know that thing is bad and wrong, and actually you're dumb for liking it. It's like all right, man, but. I don't stand to make any money from Andor. The only thing I get from it is because the writers put it in there. We don't have to go on this rabbit hole, but it's kind of like um, Harry Potter, yeah. right? Yes. Everyone's like, we hate J.K. Rowling and for, for all the various reasons and stuff. So it's like, should you, you know, what are, what are you supporting by reading those books or whatever? And it's like, I've already got the books, man. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah, especially at that point. I guess an argument made about like the Fantastic Beast movies or like... Supporting uh, any further words of hers. Cursed Child, Harry Potter video game, yeah, the video game Cursed Child, Child, buying any merch. But like, if you have all the movies on DVD, all right, I'm gonna watch the movie. You're gonna burn like, your own movie. Like, yeah, it's like I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of that. Certain, like, it's like, uh, like I don't. Know, I know some people, and I don't. Again, we shouldn't get too in the weeds, but I, I will say this. I feel like sometimes you just gotta let people have something, <laughs> right? There is an element <laughs> of that. Sometimes it's rough out here, man. And I get that people make. Sometimes people who make things are bad. Sometimes. The bo- song Bound 2 by Kanye, that's a good song. He says terrible things, and he's a fucked up person. Yeah. But I mean, sometimes some of the songs are pretty Kanye good. Like, good it's music. Just that, yeah, like, like, you know, it's that unfortunate thing where it's the unfortunate uh, Venn diagram of people with problems and have bad ideas and their need for attention and the things and people who make things. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that a lot of people fall in that category. A lot of actors are weird motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. So it's just like ah, it's 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 tough. I don't like. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend the Akatek is all the fucking right, answers course, in the world. But we, we but by just, God, we present questions, don't we? By God, we're thinking about it, listeners. We are thinking about these things. <laughs> no, I totally agree, though. And maybe that's a cop out in and of itself to be like, well, everything's kind yeah. of bad. Should we be critical of anything? I guess so. I guess we should still be critical of some things, right? Like, if I'm honest, it's I fair suppose. to point some things out. But yeah, it's like, do I? I don't know. You can kind of do that to anything, right? If we have to, mm-hmm. if we have to think about the far-reaching moral implications of each and everything we do, you'd go mad, right? Like that's not yeah. sustainable. That's not probably for any person, especially nowadays. Like, yeah, it's easy to be like, 
oh, you should be aware. But it's like, yeah, if anything, more access to more information just makes it harder because you can spend your whole life reading about the bad things that happen every day. But is that is that really helping anything, or is that just making you upset? Is that just ruining your own like existence? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's a something to think about, a, though, isn't it? Something to think about. You know what? I think it really says a lot about our society. Um, uh, and I think I have some takes here. I want to read off your okay. So, um, Shaylee, uh, Shaylo Ren, who is a TikToker and, and Twitter person that I also follow, she's real good. <clears throat> she tweeted about this this discourse. She said, "I feel like we can acknowledge Andor has left his themes, while also knowing it's not um, in sparkly quotes perfect leftist media." Um, the internet has made us all think so black and white. It's art with themes from life in it because of the writers. No one's saying it's the damn communist manifesto. And I think that's a pretty reasonable take on it. That's, I would say, yeah. probably where I line up. I would say I'd agree with that as well. Like, yeah, the people making it are still doing something here, right? Clearly, the people writing this and Tony Gilroy and whoever else um, had hands in this show are trying to say something. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's not perfect. There's... We, if anything, throughout this, we've been a little bit um, having fun with the like the themes of it and and over exaggerating maybe quite how political it is, right? Like we making jokes about the Communist Manifesto. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite there, not really, right? No one actually turns at the screen and says "Eat the rich" or anything, but <laughs> it's in there, that. man. It's close. It's got ideas. Oh yeah, right up to the line. No one said like this is an allegory for the American prison industrial system. <laughs> like, come on, it's there. It's there, isn't it? I think. I think, again, like, Cassian getting stopped at the beach and being like, hey, you look suspicious. I'm going to arrest you and send you to prison for six years. No one literally was like, this is the experience of people of color and policing in America. But it's there. Right? People, but it's, I mean, it's looking you right in the face, kind of. To be like, yeah, but this is Star Wars, isn't it? So does any of that matter? I don't know. I, if you don't want it to, I guess, I mean, you take what you want from this, but I think it's there. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's tough. Cause it's uh kids again, like we always say as well. Sorry. This is the most adult kids thing. Like it's a very mature star Wars. So it's like, all right, how far, how far are they willing to go? Like how many themes are they going to put in this? Like kids franchise. Cause like, again, we've talked about before. I don't know if, I don't know if a kid would really enjoy this show. As much, yeah, exactly. And again, it's not because it's t- there's Bad. really any explicit content. Really, it's just kind of boring, maybe for a little it's kid. Kind of, I mean, even people I know who are like twenty year old adults, they're like, I mean, it's fine, but like they're just talking. Like, yeah, it's oh, not yeah. Like I mean, what I expect from Star Wars. I think we've pointed that out. Yeah, definitely. There's, yeah. That's been a common complaint. Um, I also got Mesa Windu here, who I bring up almost every week. Love this guy. We should get a on, Jack. We should we should see we should get the ball rolling on yeah. that. I'll reach out for some low content creators. <laughs> if we, get, like, you know, if we get any listeners someday, we can ask him. <laughs> um, he said that he tweeted this week. Uh, There's definitely movies or shows you can watch that are more leftist than Andor, but I have to say that between the criticism of capitalism, deforestation, the fact that Gilroy has studied the Russian Revolution for over a decade, police states, um, dot dot dot, it's not not leftist. <laughs> which is, I agree. Yeah. Um, and then someone replied to him saying, I advise caution with statements like this. I agree that Andor is not not leftist, but it's not not conservatism either. Uh, we can't polarize Star Wars fans politically where we don't need to. Seek unity. Um, which is kind of, I mean, it's a nice sentiment, but I feel like it's a bit of a cop-out, no? Um, I also don't know what's so conservative about, like, what what is really there that would suggest that this is, like, right-leaning at all? Yeah, I really I really don't know. Like, I, that's, you keep saying, and I'm trying to think of, like, all right, what would be considered conservative i've seen people talk about mon mothma 
um, <clears throat> well, it's because I don't think we ever brought it up, but Tony Gilroy had a quote when this show, uh, one of the early episodes, someone interviewed Tony Gilroy and he compared Mon Mothma to um, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> oh, yes, I do remember that. Did we talk about it? I don't know if we did. I think we talked about off pod. Okay. Um, and, like people kind of took umbrage of that, and I kind of would do as well, to be honest. I think that's kind of lame because it's like, I don't know. I mean, again, we don't have to get super into it, but <sighs> Nancy Pelosi isn't exactly a symbol of like, like very progressivism in this country is she um no so people kind of were like oh, i don't know but then people were like maybe that's kind of there's something to that because what is mon mothma doing if not just trying to restab um reestablish the status quo right mm-hmm. um like she's trying she to disrupt liked. the status quo by bringing it back to the previous one in a lot of mm-hmm. ways um and that's kind of the problem like and like this is getting well into like um the depths of it but like the reason that the new republic sort of kind of failed and that the first order was able to rise in star Wars is kind of this idea that she, she didn't fix enough of the things that were wrong with the Republic the first time around. Right. And that her, mm-hmm. under her leadership, she made some, she made some poor choices, honestly. Um, that yeah, somewhat contributed to the rise of that. Um, so maybe there's some of that, that like she is sort of a neoliberal in that, in that sort of idea. Um, which again is getting a little beyond what I can speak on authoritatively, but that's that's kind of other i mean but that's are neoliberals conservative now i don't think so so i don't i wouldn't think so i don't know what it is about this show that would make people say that really they're conservative maybe just to be different to disagree i don't it's hard to know like i'm racking my head is it like violence so they're like oh fighting back is but no that's i mean marx was about it right like yeah he's not i mean is marx not leftist anymore what (laughs) <laughs> if Marx isn't leftist, I've never read that whole book, but I think I got the gist. <laughs> I, I don't know, but anyways, he responded to that by saying, aside from the fact that I disagree with the observation that Andor has conservative angles, so he's on our team with this one. Um, he said, I pointed out that Andor has leftist ideals woven into the show. If you disagree, that's fine, but I'm not going to delete my tweet because someone sees it as division. So, based Mesa Windu, I, I must say. But yeah, I don't, so he's he's on our team, Jake. I don't, I don't know where these left, these these conservatist shadows are, where these specters exist. Are they in the room yeah. with us now, Jake? Huh, I hear somebody talking. The conservative angles in Star Wars Andor. I don't know, but uh, yeah, that was it. I think it is kind of leftist for what it's worth. I don't know. I I would have to agree because you know it's I don't know. I feel like everything's pointing to that, but I mean, what do I know? I have a goofy show on the internet. Yeah, we're, we we haven't studied political whatever politics what do you call that political theory is that what they call political science is that a major political science yeah nerds that's a major big dumb idiots aka i want to be a horrible politician the the major (laughs) i want to be a scum sucking bottom of the barrel scum of the earth lower than a lizard (laughs) than a snake his belly slithers upon the ground that's right (laughs) drag him jack get his ass fuck him they're all the same Ooh, i oughta you know what armed rebellion yeah, become ungovernable, fellas. We've been saying it week by week. And next week, I think there's going to be a lot of ungovernable people in, in Andor. I think they're going to be upset. And they're going to they're have something to say. They might all die. Let's hope not. I think Andor's making it out. Everyone else kind of on the chopping block, really. Yeah. Oh, absolutely they are. So, yeah. <clears throat> Do you have any bold predictions we want to throw out for the finale of this whole season? Ooh. Um, I think that uh, maybe Andor and... Um, Cyril are going to have one more, like, they're going to meet face-to-face, and Andor's going to, like, yell at him and set him straight and be like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Get off my back. Like, you're crazy. And then maybe 
it's either going to do like maybe send him spiraling or he'll maybe he'll die. Uh, and then I think uh, Luthan will show up and do something big. And like, and everyone, the, they're going to be like, ooh, the rebel. And someone's going to say like the re- re- rebel. Some, some big iconography is going to appear at the end. It's going to be like, and this is the Rebel Alliance or something. They're going to say, I don't know, some Star Wars thing's going to happen. Do it. I don't know. Do, do you want to make a final call on if, if Luthan's going to make it or not? I think he makes it. Yeah, you think he makes it in season two? I think I want to say he does. I want him to as well. I also really could see it though. I could see I could see yeah, him going it, out in a blaze of glory. When you say it, it's like uh, it makes a lot of sense, kind of doesn't it? Like story. Oh, absolutely, it does. Um, to have Val and or Cassian kind of carry on that mantle and and continue into the into the actual begin the true beginnings of the you know the Rebel Alliance. Um, I don't know. It definitely seems like like I said though. That's totally where this is going. Everyone's going to meet here at Ferrix. Um, I don't know. You, I think I could see a thing where like Cyril gets him, and that's what allows Cyril to like finally get recognized, and he begins his climb up within the actual Empire. Like he gets recruited into the ISB as a result of something good he does here. Um, mm. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's that, or yeah, they just have a good a big win. It's not. It doesn't. It's never felt like that kind of show, though. There has yet to be like a truly like a win without. Um, you know, without sacrifices like that yet, right? Mm-hmm. Like nothing. There's yeah. There's yet to be a scene where it's just like, yeah, they did it. The heroes are victorious. Woo! Um, everything comes at a cost here. So even if they're able to do something here, I think it, it's got to come at somebody's got to pay for something here. Oh, actually, I do have a prediction. I just thought of. I think that they might use Bix to draw Andor out into the open, and they're gonna. It's gonna cause a big like. That's when. The, that's when everything's gonna like set off. Yeah, because because like, he can't. Luthen can't let them get him. Yeah, like Luthen and he's like, okay, and to play it cool, like just hang out, and they're gonna bring Bix out and kind of parade her around, and then he's gonna like lose his cool and like go and try to get her, and then he's like, ah, shit, and all then all. Maybe they'll do. Did he get one last big speech? I'd love if he gets a big speech. Gosh, he'll get a big speech. He's got it. It's got to be in his contract to get a big speech. <laughs> um, someone pointed out, um, that guy hasn't. At least we haven't seen it yet on screen. Um, I forget his name, but it's the. It's the shopkeeper guy who's Bix's friend who's got the son. Um, a couple episodes ago, the the Imperial Commandant guy who's there now, or the, what is he? He's a prefect. That's what he's called. Big loser. Um, he was like, can I hang him? I'd like to hang him. <laughs> I think it'd be good. Yes. Oh my we God. haven't seen that yet. So that someone pointed out like, that could be a moment. That could be like a watership moment. Although it seems like that's what this funeral is going to be. But I mean, we could get them both, I guess. Um, where they go to do Bang. it and then people rise up because they just won't, they won't let them. We see a live hanging in Star Wars. There's no way they're gonna hang a man in on on my screen for a Star Wars TV show on Disney Plus, right? I don't know. I didn't think they'd ever bring it up. I never thought I'd have to say that out loud. Hanging in Star Wars times? That's yeah. That's the world we're living in, Jack. Yeah, it's I agree. Little world. Gosh, maybe they'll go to hang him and someone will shoot the rope or something. Yeah, yeah something like that. Thing. I don't think we'll see him be hanged. I'm, what I'm saying is like they would stop it before it happened. I'd hope. Right. Okay. I. I mean, shit, this show, man. Who knows? Never know. Yeah, never know with the Andor here. Um. I don't know. I feel like at least one of the other rebels, like <clears throat> does Sinta or Vel go down? I feel like that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, maybe one of them. Maybe maybe Sinta. Maybe Sinta. Yeah. I mean, yeah. In all fairness, Vel has certainly been made out to be more of a of a character thus far. Yeah. Um, She's more connections. Like Sinta only has has Vel and yeah. Luthen. And Vel's Vel or Sinta's very. She's very down for the cause. She's she's like too committed. <laughs> she's down yeah. for anything. So I could see that going. I can see. I wonder if Clay is going to show up as well and be there. Wouldn't surprise me with the way she's kind of been stressing over it. But I don't even know if she has a ship. So we'll certainly see. Yeah, I think it's going to be big though. I think it'll be a bigger, 
it should be quite the payoff. I saw um, Eckhart Slatter, who I've also definitely mentioned on the show before. Um, he tweeted this week. He, he got the screeners because they actually sent out screeners for the last, I think, three episodes. I think some people uh-huh. got to see the all three episodes as of like last week, which is like, I wish, man. What the heck? If only we could be so lucky one day. Although apparently whenever you get one of those screeners, they have to, they like watermark it. Um, and so it's like a, I was, Mr. Sonny Moves was talking about this. It's like, it's a, it's a decision you have to make. Cause he's been watching the show and also very much enjoying it. And he got the screeners and he's like, do I just wait? Cause I think he got a screener for episode 10, maybe is what it was. And he was, he couldn't decide to watch really, but now he's got the screener for, he got the screener for 11 and 12. And he's like, well, I got to watch these. <laughs> oh yeah. Because, because they like watermark your email over the front so that if you leak it, obviously don't know, they know who, who did it. Um, but so Eckhart's ladder also saw the last two episodes and he said, hold on. God, he tweets a lot. Sorry. <laughs> he said, um, Disney sent out press screeners for Andor without any sort of embargo. <laughs> so apparently you can just, you can just spoil the end if you'd like. Oh no, no. So I guess be careful out here, fellas. <laughs> Stay safe out Man. there. Um, but he said, they sent it out uh, without any sort of embargo. I won't spoil anything. And I'd never, and I'm never one to say this, but do not temper your expectations for the finale. It's phenomenal. I will say no more. Oh. Which is like that's that's quite high praise, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Oh, like you don't even gotta oh, you don't even gotta worry that it's not gonna be incredible. So, and that guy's pretty. Um, I would say he's pretty even-handed when he's when he's talking about Star Wars stuff. He's he, you know he will be critical of things when he when he thinks they're deserving. So I would say he's that's that means a little a little more even coming from him. So very exciting. Oh. No, I can't wait. Oh, I got to keep coming sooner. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great, dude. I mean, it's if it's not already uh, cemented, which I think for me it has, but I think best show this year, man. I must say. I mean, it's gotta. I mean, it's gotta be up there. If like, it sticks if this landing that, then, in that fashion, I don't know what could top it. Like maybe the, I mean, maybe the Halo show. I, had to pick mm, one. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's a real strong contender. <laughs> that one's pretty good. I got to see Master Chief's bare ass. So you know, the question we have to ask ourselves is like. Can Andor be as good as the Halo show was bad? And the answer is yes. Ooh, yes, it is. <laughs> Andor's even better than and the Halo show is awful, yeah. and no one wants to watch it. Um, I don't know, but like we really liked House of the Dragon. I mean, there's a couple like real, actual, you know, drama shows we watch. Blah blah blah. Under the banner of heaven and the like, but I mean, come on, this show's something yeah. else, man. It's Star Wars and really good. <laughs> Ooh, never happens. What could top that for me? I mean, come on. We also had Westworld, Jack, but we don't gotta talk about Westworld. <laughs> it's gone forever now. If we talk about it, talk about the show. Oh, yeah, we? we never really brought it up, but it's Westworld gone forever. They're just not gonna do the final season, which is quite upset. I, I really wasn't sure. I was holding out hope. I was coping for a while there. I was like, the the Warner Brothers uh, acquisition here that they said that they're letting HBO maintain control, so HBO will finish it out. Um, but now apparently they've they've shut it down. They shuttered it because. They're trying to cut all these costs. They only have enough money for two movies, Jack. Both of which didn't do were, that well. <laughs> and they were Black Adam and Don't Worry, Darling. And I saw both those movies. Not very good movies. I don't think either of those have broken even yet. <laughs> so, oh, no. That's where he we're at. He was changing the hierarchy of the DCU. <laughs> no. Apparently, it's cause, just because Black Adam's so expensive. Um, but also, like, it's not getting that exceptional word of mouth. Yeah. And also just, like, actual reviews and stuff. Um and so, so all the trappings of not making any money from yeah. me they did them all <laughs> and also it was expensive uh yeah, so don't worry it was not only was it super expensive and nobody liked it and uh the critics didn't like it and uh yeah you know just that. <laughs> yeah that's kind of all of them now that you put it, it now that you put a fine point on it there, <laughs> oh yeah here's a, black panther 
beat it in one week. Beat ah yes. Beat uh, Black Panther two week one box office passes Black Adam's worldwide total. <laughs> that's embarrassing. Ooh, that's tough. Ooh. And you know the whole you know you got to double your budget for uh, to break you for like what is it marketing and stuff even to break you. Yeah, it's not be a flop. And I don't think well don't don't worry darling was cheap I think so but uh, I don't even know how much money it made even then. I mean. By my theater, when I went on like a Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. it was me, my three friends, and four other people total in the whole theater. So that's an indication of worldwide sales. Did not do well. Um, apparently, Black Academy is about six fifty million. Um, just real quick, we've kind of we've, <laughs> we've left whatever we were talking about before, but that's fine. Yeah, we've abandoned. Oh gosh, it's only at three hundred and fifty right now. Oh no, it's not even close. Is it still it's still in theaters though, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, but Black Ooh. Panther's taken all of it. Black Panther's taken That's all, true. each and every bit of its <laughs> of its momentum. Yeah, you know what sucks is that they're they both start with black. So if you look black and then it'll go Panther and it'll go, well, sure, I guess I'll watch this one. So they even got <laughs> even part of them there. Maybe it'll trick some people though. Because alphabetically Black Adam would become would come before Black Panther. <laughs> That's true. So That's people true. will buy some tickets and be like, wait a minute. This isn't, isn't the new Marvel. Where's Namor? <laughs> Where's the Panthers? Well, no, if they're getting tricked by Black Adam, they don't know anymore. No, of course not. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. They go, huh, where's Chadwick Boseman? Is he, is The Rock the new Black Panther? What's happening? Sorry. I guess when you when you look at all that, it means they need even more more money. Warner Brothers is even more strapped for cash than they realized. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't wait for HBO Max to be defunct and the best streaming app will disappear. That'll be, that'll be great, won't it? Yeah, I love that. I love HBO Max. I gotta, now I gotta go watch all the movies in my list. My list is getting bigger. There's so many movies. Do you remember they were going to change the name and stuff? And like, they're just. Were they? I didn't know they... Who did this? Whose idea was this? I'm just trying to figure out, like, why? Who's the guy I got to kill? Why? What was the plan here? Because from what I can tell, so just from the outside, it's like Discover bought Warner Brothers and have just done nothing but make bad choices since. It's like they're trying to sink this sh- this service. It's like they don't want it to succeed. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like Elon Musk and Twitter. Yeah, yeah, honestly, honestly, actively destroying it. If there's anything that this year has shown us, it's that rich people actually don't know dick. Yeah, they don't know anything about anything. People, you think, oh, like, oh, these rich businessmen—they must know what they're doing. This is how they've gotten. They've been so successful. They've made it so far. Nah, they just got lucky in their in some of their dad's mined diamonds or whatever the fuck. Yeah, that's all. That's oh, you're, oh, here. government bailouts? Huh? What's that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all have all their dads fucking. Did emeralds in apartheid, and and they got government bailouts, and and, and they made PayPal, and, they, and then they bought Tesla, and they bought made him famous, and made him like, oh, he's actually really smart. He invented Tesla. No, no he didn't, didn't. You clown. He didn't do shit. Elon Musk is the dumbest man I've ever met. He put he killed all those monkeys by putting chips in their heads, and I could beat him in a fight. Yeah. Anyway, this relates to Andor in the following ways. Uh, eat the rich. <laughs> it's all the same. Eat the rich. You see. Yeah. Nemec, Nemec would hate. Elon Musk. Oh, Nimic would no hate Elon Musk. He'd hate Twitter. <laughs> Actually, Nimic would love Twitter because he'd put his manifesto on there and he'd get bullied. Oh, poor Nimic. <laughs> yeah, where's my man? <laughs> He's a dead cripple. Oh, jeez. Jeez, Nimic. See you, buddy. Oh, hate to see Fly it. high, kid. <laughs> yeah, I don't... God. Yep, so they're sinking... They're sinking Westworld. I just... It's like... It's like they got it and they had... It turns out that they didn't have any interest in any of the actual properties they bought. They they bought it and they were like, "What if we just made more reality shows like we make on Discover?" And it's like, "Why did you need to buy Warner Brothers for that? <laughs> what are you yeah, doing?" Because well, everything they've been like, they, they're like, "We have to take everything off of 
HBO Max. So we don't have to pay for it anymore. We have to do this and that. It's all tax write-offs. It's like, did you buy a multi-billion dollar company for tax write-off purposes? Like, what the fuck's wrong with you guys? Yeah, why would you do this to us? I hate it. All right. Well, we've ranted long enough, I'd say, right? I think we have. We got really off track. As we talked about already, we, we're doing... Uh, we're doing Knives Out next week. Knives Out sequel. Oh, yeah. Be f- Knives Out and the Andor finale. We're going to see it in theaters, actually. So, yeah. I don't know if we're going to do that. I, I just really, I remembered that. Most people aren't going to be able to see it because it's, it's doing a one week limited theatrical release. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. If you're hearing this, maybe go get some tickets if you'd like or don't. If you're hearing this and you listened to last week first, sorry. <laughs> or next week first sorry about that guys i don't know i mean that's on you because that's what are you doing you, you doing the andor episodes out of order what the hell is that about yeah you listen to episode 76 before 75 what are you going backwards not benjamin button come what, on. Are you, what are you doing come on do it in order come on get your, get yourself and then yeah do we're doing order. andor finale it'll be another, like you said another one two combo here film oh, and yeah. episode of andor my favorite kind of my favorite kind of week honestly and then we'll scramble to find something else to talk about we'll go, oh, what are we talking about now Oh, jeez. I hadn't even thought of it, Jack. There's got to be other shows, Mo- movies. Something I was be looking out. The next movie I can think of is Avatar on the 16th of December, which is a ways away. That's a bit of a gap. <laughs> it's a bit of a gap. We'll think of something. We'll find something. We always do. Uh, so, anyway, before we ramble on too long and, I don't know, die, uh, we'll wrap it up right about here. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Akatech Jazz, on our Gmail at akatechjazz.gmail.com, and on Instagram at The Akatech Podcast. Listen to us wherever you find your podcast. If you found us here the one time, we'll be there next week. So come back. Uh, our logo was done by Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram or on Redbubble. Our intro was done by friend of the show, Celery Salt. You can always find him on uh, Spotify and uh, SoundCloud. He has a new song out. Let's do it now. And as always, we wrote it. We produced it. We built all the sets. Take now to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. And Godspeed.